mean, that's all you really got to do to get ready. You know what I mean? That and this. A little, little, well, alcohol. And with that, how you doing, buddy? Doing good. And another episode of Industry Secret, Secret, Secret. Yeah, I mean, we're going to figure out the intro. (laughs) (laughs) So, like Bobby said, uh, welcome to Industry Secrets, the podcast where we talk shit and talk shop uh, with some of our friends and uh, the industry here. So, uh, industrysecretspod at gmail.com is the email to send any correspondence to. And uh, the same name on Instagram to go ahead and follow uh, just pictures of the people we're hanging out with. And that's about all the content we post. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day when I was posting the last picture. I was like, man, we're doing nothing else besides this. <laughs> it looks really cool when you look back on like the the, the catalog, if you will. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, man, we have had some fun. People. It is a cool little catalog. Yeah. But uh, that said, and I think that's proper opening if i'm reading my notes right but um we have a guest today buddy. we have a guest today uh and this guest name is jeremy my dinger <laughs> jeremy my dinger yeah everybody yeah. hey guys hey what hey. was the uh what was the name that you said your mama originally was gonna call you me yeah oh no, no it was uh it, that's reverse my mom's actual name she married into it without thinking about it her name is dewana oh yeah yeah dewana my dinger it's actually she pronounced did. like just my dinger but like yeah it sounds like my dinger all yeah day. i don't i didn't hear the difference in the two ways you said it yeah yeah i mean you can't not separate it it's, it's when you think about it if you say it with a german out, accent right? my dinger better. yeah <laughs> i'm not good at accents by the way well i mean master of accents right no. Um, so that's a, that's a great uh, last name. Uh, but real quick, like you said, Bobby, you had kind of uh, got it mixed up, but I wanted to kind of hone in on that for a minute because I just saw recently where a group of people threw a party where they all wore name tags of the name their parents were going to name them. <laughs> and then so you just kind of like did that as like, because I've just been trying to find like cool, fun adult party vibes. Like our parents were boring. Our generation's more fun. But as adults, we also can't be making jungle juice with gummy worms. So putting cheese into bowls, and getting drunk and playing like Jackbox or you know Yahtzee or different Yahtzee. things like that, or just something fun and themed. And I just that reminded me of it. I just thought that that'd be really funny because um, most people do know. Like, was there in fact a name other that your parents were going to give you? No, it was locked in at Jeremy. Yeah, because like I was a long way further out. And then my mom had, like, almost had a different kid before me, and they already had that name picked out for that kid. They used the same name kind of thing. Okay. Uh, my mom had that exact story, though, like, how she ended up a Dewana. Was she supposed to be Dwayne? She ended up being a girl, so then she was, they just added an A to the end and called her Dewana. Oh, I, 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 I do like a good Dwayne we're doubling down Johnson. on this name, yeah. and we're just going <laughs> to regenderize it uh, at leisure. Uh, yeah. kind, of, kind of deal. I, I do love it. It's, it's a good time. Yeah. At the time, uh, having a female junior wasn't very common, but like now you totally could just made her Dwayne Junior still. Well, but, then you like, gotta ask still, but made her Junior. You gotta ask the kid the pronouns regardless. So right. Well, and I mean, I've always thought that like degendering like specific names has always been intriguing. Like, and some people have heard it a lot more commonly than I did. But I was thirty the first time I met a man named Courtney, and I just thought that was so kind of cool. And I've met a lot of people with like what are. Well, both our names can be female for sure, Alex and Bobby. Yeah, and then there was that whole funny joke when Orvid was on, and he's like, "Have oh, yeah. you had on? Like, oh, we're gonna have Billy and Jack. Jack," and he's like, "These just sound like dudes." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just had girl voices. Yes, Jack roided up girl voice boys. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bobby, do you want to? Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to kick this off, Jeremy. You've Perfect. never heard the podcast, so you don't know what's coming. 
But as an adult man, have you ever <laughs> shit your pants? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's happened. I mean, who doesn't who hasn't sharted a little bit at least? See, you know? that's what I'm always saying. Yeah, I, like, I've just had farts that I shouldn't have trusted, and then had oh, to like, yeah. throw away underwear about it. You know, that's that's the standard. Yeah, mm-hmm. you yeah. ever throw away some underwear and then like stay at the party? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. See. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, FOMO I mean, will hit you like You already that. lost underwear. What do you, what's, <laughs> yeah. What's the worst you're going to lose now? Yeah, I've already sacrificed five minutes in the bathroom with a pocket knife in these underwear. <laughs> I'm staying. <laughs> I like how you go the pocket knife technique so you don't smear it down your leg as you take it off. It's, well, listen. Well, learn that lesson. Like, try, <laughs> try to take off the pants and then like, but keep the underwear Shoot. like around your knees and then try to take, it just seems like work. See, people yeah. think oh, I always you have. You got to take the shoes off so you don't get it. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> People always think I have a knife for protection, but the truth is, is it's always in case of an emergency underwear cutting. I'll get that embroidered on it if you like. The laser etched. <laughs> this is my underwear cutting knife. And in this case is my... of emergency, cut underwear. Yeah, and then so you got a underwear cutting, a shitty underwear cutting knife, and a uh, butt drug hat. You'll be the life of the party. Just make oh. underwear that have an emergency like zip pull cord. They're like designed <laughs> like for just in case. They're like breakaway like, underwear pants. Yeah, breakaways, <laughs> but they have like just one time use though. I want because then people buy more of your sex. underwear. Like let's let's make that underwear. And yeah, make well, it like this podcast name brand underwear. We'll do it as like underwear <laughs> for sex, which but we know the real reason behind it because we're yeah. not gonna be able to like sell, it as, sell it as shitty underwear as ripaway pants. But if you like it's ripaway underwear for sex, you look yeah. great. You okay, just like fair. you just in your boxes and all of a sudden just yeah, there's a penis. Yep. <laughs> that's uh, that's typically how Brooke responds. Right? She's like, "Yep, that's that's his penis." So. That is. That is I guess penis. we're doing this. <laughs> the level of enthusiasm. And I guess we're going. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we're off to the races here. Um, well, so let's hear a little bit about yourself, man. So you're in the beer industry. Yep. Uh, been service industry in general since I was like 14, minus a couple of little stints where I, everybody hits that point where you're just done with service industry, right? Oh yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. like the mob, right? Yeah. You got to leave a little bit. Yeah. Uh, where'd you start? What'd you start doing? Uh, so started as a dishwasher once upon a oh, time same. at a Perkins yeah. a long, long time ago. What's a Perkins? It's a, like your local family, like diner where everyone goes oh, okay. after your church on a Sunday type place or okay. everyone like goes before your relatives leave town one last meal together oh, it's like a, uh, a, a, uh, like a cracker barrel out there. here yeah yeah because yeah cracker barrels are more scarce out there yeah um, oh they're not even as nice as like that it's like a a localized Denny's like, Denny's, a, sh- oh, like, like, like a Shoney's if you will yeah there you go there's one yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know what they're there's or a, JB's. Like I always felt like JB's was like a fancy Shoney's, but yeah. Do they yeah. have those out here? JB's is like similar, yeah. The only JB's I've ever seen is in my hometown. Well, dude, flop those the, letters. Such a better restaurant. The adjacent name. shitty city Sholo coming for you. Uh, they have a JB's because they're trash. Um, <laughs> but where I'm from in the White Mountains, there's there's a JB's. It's been there. As long as I can remember when I was a child, uh, the smoking and non-smoking section was separated by oh, like, yeah. a waist-high yeah. thing. With like, I, I remember because my family was like uber-religious and weird. Uh, they would always sit, we'd sit, my parents didn't do anything, so we'd sit in the non-smoking section. Or the smoking, it didn't really matter because it was always everywhere. And that was kind of my stepfather's attitude about it. He's like, well, just sit us in smoking since they're next to us anyway. <laughs> yeah. And then they have kind of like this huge breakfast buffet. And... I've eaten at a Shoney's. Uh, shout out Nashville, Nebraska. One of them. Yes, uh, Nashville. Shout out Nashville. Um, and um, so, but Shoney's is way out on the east. They're 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 not really out here that much. But so I went I went out to one there. They're atrocious. 
and a JB's felt like a little more of an upgrade from that, and I already thought JB's was trash. So um, Perkins, somewhere in the middle there? Yep, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right around there somewhere. Cool. I mean, yeah. it's like, it was, the, uh, I was just either that or Denny slowly started, like, taking those over as they slowly got sold out because they were franchise. Oh, oh. So, they, yeah, is that sort of angle more so for the difference of any of those? So, dishwashing there, you ever, uh, you ever decided to run the ranks up there? You wait tables with some of the probably coolest customers ever. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, you ever get an opportunity to interact with them? Yeah, I mean, uh, small town North Dakota. There's a lot of Ooh. those characters. Yeah. Uh, anyway, no matter what like angle you work it on, between uh, mm-hmm. who you work with in the back, even and uh, who's is the customers. I didn't go to serving lifestyle until probably like 19. Okay. Where I started doing the front of house because I cooked for years too. <coughs> and kind of always did the back of the house and okay. just that's a fucking tough babied job. into it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I had to do it. I hated it. Yeah, you, same. From that dishwasher, yeah, I worked my way up to a, like kitchen manager and did mm-hmm. that. And like, yeah, I started uh, hating cooking and I love cooking, but doing oh, it professionally made cooking. me start to hate it. It's two different worlds. So that's why I quit and moved on to bartending and got yeah. into that instead. And let's acknowledge that industry secret right now. Boys, if you're in the kitchen, there is a way out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've been there. Jeremy's been there. Bobby's been there. There's a way out of the kitchen uh, and it's through interacting with customers. Yeah. Or own it study get really really good at it and life can get better when you go to that professional next level no doubt it's that in between when you're still chasing <coughs> dj that like excuse me that life sucks more you gotta quit trying to be a dj if it's not working guys <laughs> <laughs> and that is the most sound advice that we've ever had on this podcast if you, if you always have to say i'm just super passionate about it you're probably not doing it right yep. <laughs> hey it's just we're super passion. passionate about this podcast <laughs> If you've been up. carrying around you. <laughs> We're really going to find our stride in episode 46. Yeah. <laughs> this is it, boys. Well, actually, this is probably close. So how did you, uh, I mean, get from get from that into the uh, distilling side? So I kind of slowly worked my way up to management level, got into that, hated adult babysitting, uh, just kind of found this flow when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up sort of mm-hmm. idea, looking at mm-hmm. different things to study for, to go back to college or go back to school at one point. Uh, decided to hone in on this, set uh, my track mind on becoming a brewer. So I finished out the last few things in a restaurant, just round out my resume and then became a buyer uh, by moving, when moving to Fargo, I became, a, got a position where I could get into a beer hall. Okay. Where I got exposed to a ton more craft beer from there because I was still early and you're in North Dakota, so this is back in date myself here. This is uh, back in 2013, 14. That wasn't that long ago. Yeah, not too bad. Just a a decade. Yeah, just a decade on the craft beer industry side because that's, yeah, about when I moved to Fargo chasing that brewing dream, got into the beer hall uh, and got like trained on the buyer lifestyle and like learned just a ton more about craft beer, studied, studied, mm-hmm. did my sister own thing, uh, all that good stuff. And then finally got my chance in at Junkyard Brewing in Moorhead. Oh, so you did brewing before you did distilling. Yep. It was like, so I was doing a lot of just like assistant brewing mm-hmm. and getting every chance I could to like pick the brewer's brain because Dan sure. Junkie is one of the best brewers in my mind like ever. He's You'd actually say, uh, uh, Asheville, North Carolina now though. Even if, yeah. if you're an assistant brewer, you're a brewer, yeah. right? Like you're making beer. Like it may and seem like... Yeah, it may seem like you're doing some trivial shit, but that's some of brewing is just trivial shit, right? Like pouring grain into a mash tun is part of brewing, but it doesn't seem glorious. Right. Yeah. It's what you learn along the way that you take the value in and then seeing your like craft work out at the end, like you did it right. 
Like it's uh, what any step I can get to baking. I'm the worst baker in the world because like I get impatient with all of it mm-hmm. and all that. So this is one that like is more like baking world for cooking. There's no instant gratification. You gotta like yeah. hope it turns out. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I like to think of one. like with brewing, even as a like assistant brewer or cellarman, like if there's at any point in your job that you can fuck something up, like make the beer bad or pour it down the drain or just flip the wrong uh, valve, like. Then, then that role is important. Those duties are important. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, there's such a hierarchy. There's and there's such a hierarchy sure. of like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm a I'm a master brewer. I'm a lead brewer. I'm a head brewer. I'm a shift brewer. I'm a cellarman. Like, every position's important. Like, if I mean, cellarman's kind of low on the list that most people think of like importance or like at least pay grade. Um, but if who someone's got to be cleaning those tanks and setting temperatures and making sure things are carved and cleaning kegs, right? Those are all important gigs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yep. almost every brewer I've met is trying to like start a family or uh, a, a business at some point, and a cellarman just basically becomes like an executive assistant, but it's just cleaning. That's it's all a, brewing is. It's almost like sous chef position, you know? Like yeah. you become a sous chef first Great while analogy. you like yeah. learn how to like overhead run things. You know most of the things you need to know, but it's mm-hmm. that right step right before, or packaging manager, cellarman, whatever the position is, like it's right before you become a real brewer. Yeah, it's kind of like your rate of passage almost like you have to pay your dues if you're gonna become a great in my opinion yeah well, it's like how i like imagine in restaurants like i think everybody should start as a busser and then yeah. a server and then a bartender and then all of a sudden when they're doing you know their managerial role they know what every one of those roles was like Absolutely. like i didn't realize when i was busing for a year that i was gaining knowledge i thought it was just wiping tables picking up dirty plates right mm-hmm. but like there's a system that you can make to that, and like you can lend advice to new busters to make mm-hmm. them more successful faster. Like I always say, all my reps, I try to get them to the path to success as fast as possible. Um, and if I didn't have all the experience of taking a very long time for me to figure that out, I wouldn't be able to lend that advice to get someone else to be successful faster. Mm-hmm. Kind of shave those speed bumps down. Absolutely. So how did you end up getting to from moving to from brewing to distilling? So at that point, just because of the kind of name, uh, reputation I'd built in Fargo from working at the few places I was, because I never really quit any of the above jobs. I kept mm-hmm. working at the brewing hall, kept working at I like Junkyard. That, like, the, when you're saying the name that you you built up there, like you walk into a building and they're like, oh my God, that's Jeremy. No, <laughs> not that oh, big a shit, deal. That's him. Uh, just like <laughs> <laughs> started getting asked to work a lot of different places and didn't want to say no to anyone. So yeah. I always do like fill in guest appearance shifts. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Get your name um, out. Like seriously, it's getting yeah. your name out there. Like being part, like being part of the industry. Yep. And then we got into like catering too, so that just got me out there further and further. Nice. Uh, sort of thing. And I started doing some consulting with this other guy that kind of had a there career like I did, where he did a lot of stuff. And we were helping Proof uh, open their tasting room side of it, the distillery. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were getting la- ready to launch in a more mass scale. Mm-hmm. Right at that time, with that launch of that tasting room coming open. Uh, so still really early into Proof's career, 2015. Uh, we're things were chugging along, things were going great. We launched, we opened, and every chance I got, I was going in the distillery, helping out, trying to just learn everything. And they're like, I could. Get out of here, and you're like, like No, uh, I'm coming, I'm gonna help. <laughs> kind of started that way, and then I started like having little things. So, those guys were like, One of them used to brew, they're like engineers and stuff. None of them had really come from any side of industry before, mm-hmm. and all the uh, different things, I'd done a lot of reading. But there's all those like little hands-on things like you guys talked about earlier, like 
what it is to hear water dripping, you instantly react and you check it because it could be oh, no. way more expensive. It could, might not just be water. Yeah, it could be expensive water. <laughs> and uh, I had their back that way one day. Joel was jaw drop. Uh huh. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. there's a take a stab that got dumped one time that was just uh, such. It's like you you don't hear that running water inside the building. Oh, I didn't think about it. I thought yeah. a sink was on. What yeah. a sink <laughs> dropping. Hundreds of gallons. And everybody's standing right here, so who would have turned it on? That's what this moment was, and it was Joel had left the tank filtering with vodka and had dumped about $300 worth of vodka because it wasn't proofed down yet mm-hmm. onto the floor, and I was the one that reacted to it, turned it off, and they were trying to figure out... Uh, you probably saved them millions. No, nah, a couple hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, still. But still, just because of the reaction time. And then at the time, we were also talking about a fermentation issue they were having, and I helped them like solve that issue, just one little tidbit of a simple thing being mm-hmm. the grunt worker of a brewery that you oh, learn the difference yep. of and then fix that issue and it gave me a chance to like start getting into the, that side more and more because mm-hmm. they needed somebody to work on the gin and since I knew craft beer like I did the botanical world of that can be easily compared to like what beer world is kind of like where everyone's IPA can be slightly different sure well gin everyone's can be slightly different London Dry is not the only gin in the world there's old Tom gins you know there's two different types of that even from there uh, then you get into other botanical spirits that are similar, like aquavits, or just the barrel-aged gin capacity of modern day and the new-age gins in general that people are pumping out. Um, the world's finally coming back more to what gin used to be before London Drives took over the world, as I call it. Well, London Drives is just like a quick, easy, like cheaper style, like faster production, right? Like you just dry it out, boom, go. Yeah, yeah, and it's like the original way or reasoning of gin is you're cleaning up the leftovers when you made good vodka, the stuff that's not quite bad enough to throw away, mm-hmm. that in-between they pitch a bunch of juniper in it to soak up all the bad sides of the sulfates and things. It's like uh, why they give you a, what's it, a medicinal. gin blossom, the, all the shitty vodka that blew up people, old people's nose. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to talk about the band for a second. No, 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 yeah. That's, so uh, got a different direction. That's like, uh-huh. when you when you see like an old man with like this big, like kind of like, bub, like bumpy monster sized nose, that's just from like... Why no nose? Too long of shitty alcohol yeah. consumption. And yes. I mean... The, what I wish they, they did what, that to penises. Well, what do they say? The Jesus. nose, nose. So, regardless of quality, too. Like if you drink too much, your nose will start bursting blood vessels, and that's why you'll see like middle-aged older alcoholics will have like super red noses, or you'll see like a lot of veins in the sides of their mm-hmm. nostrils and stuff like that. But it's also it, just because they're old and gross. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and to your point, like the more you go down in quality of alcohol, the more that effect is going to compound in your face because you're. <clears throat> At least with better quality made ethanol, you know, your your blood vessels have a longer chance of lasting instead of just throwing in this shitty ethanol that's just like ravaging through all your like tiny blood uh, capillaries. That's yeah. the word. Calipers. I mean, it, ca- ca- calipers. Cadillacs. The damage on your ca- liver and kidneys for that nose is a huge part of that attribution, too, because like you notice mm-hmm. a lot of them how are diabetic when they end up with that nose, too. Oh, that makes it's a very sense. common like correlation it's, thing. I yeah. thought they just were really big fans of insulin. <laughs> I gotta get on this insulin, yeah. man. I, hear I just keep hearing it's good shit. I hear the rise. <laughs> Did they just give you needles? Lifelong, lifelong, man. Take care of you. So, Jeremy, this in this podcast is truly about talking some shit yeah. about your work, right? For sure. Um, or your past work, or just industries you've been in, and like the things that some people don't really know, right? Unfortunately, our last guest was too nice of a guy to real talk talk any real shit about his fire prior companies but 
you work for a distributor now and you are about to leave. I am. I am a distributor. When I took that position in general, I moved out to Arizona. One, I got to leave the cold of North Dakota uh, and move somewhere nice and toasty. Oh yeah, I was finally just. I Do you come in summer? Anymore. Uh, I came right after the summer the first okay. time. I've been. This will be my third summer out here though. Uh, so hopefully I finally acclimate a little better, but I still swear it's way better than the cold is for like six to eight months. I think that's yeah. what most people yeah. believe is like they'd rather if you've come from that like freezing, like yeah. chill, wind chill, cold, like bone numbing cold, it uh, and they come to the heat. I ask people all the time because I'm from Arizona, so 28 years of having these shitty summers, like I'm still not used to it, it still sucks, yeah. but I don't think. I'd want to go somewhere where it's like, I couldn't open my front door because it was caked with snow. And yeah. then when I finally got that open, I had to shovel my driveway uh, and then warm up my car for two hours just so I could drive it. Yeah, that literally happened this year in the town that I'm from. Like, people open their door, that whole thing. It's been a couple of years since that one's happened yeah. like that. But yeah, I drifted just right this year. I had several Snapchats I saw of people opening their door, and there's one little crack out the top. Oh my god, yeah. dude, that's gotta be the craziest fucking yeah. feeling. He's walking out. I like, mean, I grew up in some cold, but not like that. <laughs> you just close the door, and you're just not today, Satan. Dude, people would rather. <laughs> dude, they know you're like, get in here, Satan, warm this bitch up. <laughs> yeah, people sure. would rather be homeless in LA than live like in the Midwest yeah. where it's cold <laughs> like that. It's yeah. like I mean, you can talk all the shit you want, and people are like, oh well, you know, San Francisco, all these homeless people, and so does Miami and Phoenix and you're starting to notice a theme? It's not yeah. fucking cold. Yeah. yeah. I can't well, because homeless people there die. Yeah. Like, I mean, they die here to a heat stroke, but it's easier, four to, survive. It's easier yeah. to survive in the shade than it is in yeah. the fucking forest or the cold or any of that shit. I mean, I'd, and I don't know. I love the cold personally. I grew up in it. I love it. But I tell you, also, the more weight I lose, the more I enjoy the summers. <laughs> There's probably a correlation fact. there. Thought it out was fact. That uh, was a huge part of mine, too, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I, f- I found myself maybe, like, two years ago, me and uh, my wife were out at the pool, and I just, like, took my shirt off and, like, laid over on my, uh, uh, on my, on my chest and just really started to take in the sun and just enjoy that, like, yeah, yeah it's hot, and I am not going to be out here all day, but this 20 minutes is going to be incredible. Uh, and this is way better than surviving the fucking winter. <laughs> yeah. Because that also takes, like, Batman prep work. you got to, like, be cutting wood, storing it, make sure your fucking shit's working, clean your flue, uh, or your uh, your uh, chimney, uh, whatever the fuck it is at the top of a trailer. Yeah, we don't is, fucking know. We're yeah, in Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> you got to remember to even scrape the roof of your house because the weight of the snow will make your roof collapse. That's and crazy. Stuff like that. Like, oh, especially yeah. in the spring when it starts to melt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've uh, I've definitely a time or two had to get on the roof and start shoveling because it's uh, too much, like four feet, of, or not four feet, but like forty inches. Yeah, that's right. Um, on the roof, and it's like, well, even with this pitch, we need to start getting it off, otherwise things are gonna get wily. Hmm. I imagine every time I go up north and like see snowy roofs, it looks so soft and pillowy, and I imagine like you just take those big shovels and just like run it down, and then just this huge amount of snow falls at once. Like that part seems pretty cool, it, but I do it right it, away. It like works and doesn't stuff. always work because it like it if hits it sunny and then at all and melts, it melts a bit, and then it's ice freezes. Oh yeah. yeah, but you know, like a guy is like. If this whole thing falls at once in this big chunk, it's going to look really cool and satisfying. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then, like, the ninth time you have to do that, you're like, I don't fucking care how satisfying it looks. Like, just get the snow off. Like, now it's a, now it's trouble. Like, So each year you, like, add some specialty tool that does some part of, like, snow removal for your house. Mm-hmm. Like, the more you learn about owning a house, the more, like, oh, this is going to make my life easier. This mm-hmm. is going to make my life easier. 
That is something I, uh, as a homeowner, and as just someone who's constantly just like mind is unraveling into the void, have really kind of come to like as humans. It's so interesting how many tools we've developed. Like how many tools? If you consider we started with a stick and a rock and figured it out from there, like just any task around my house or maintaining my yard or fixing something or when I used to have sprinklers, there's like a toolkit you can buy for fifteen bucks at the Home Depot that you can like unscrew your own like sprinkler systems and it really helps on maintenance and like there's just it's intriguing that every year of home ownership i find myself with like three or four more like permanent tools where i'm like this makes my life easier on the occasions i have to go do these things it's worth it just occupying space somewhere around here yeah if it's ever that really simple task where you know you're not gonna have to do it many times or a lot shout out to harbor freight Really oh, cheap yeah. little specialty tools like that yeah. that like you know it'll break after like five uses, but you'll probably only use it five times mm-hmm. in your lifetime. Or so like, tools, it's such yeah. a cheap enough tool, like I'm using it. Yeah. It, or you know, I, it I'm gonna break. use it once a year for five years and right. then broken, so five uses, but it lasted five years, I'm good. Yeah, and, and there's also like I bought an armor from Goodwill and like sanded it down and restored you got armor? it. So, yeah. yeah, armor. That's that's cool. And uh, I knew the sander I was going to use, regardless of how good it was, was really, like, that's a big project. You're going to put a lot of, like, constant, uh, it being on creates a ton of heat inside oh, the yeah. core, which yeah, the shortens money. the life. I just spent 15 bucks at Harbor Freight for a sander that I knew I was going to burn out, yep. which actually still has worked through two more projects. So, um, win-win. Every now and again, win the little tool lottery at Harbor Freight. Yeah. Yeah. Every now and again. Yeah. Um, and, and speaking of Harbor Freight... <laughs> Let's talk about some shady shit you've done while working. Shady shit. Well, yeah, wait, I, I never worked at Harbor Freight. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Our pivots are interesting. Uh, shady shit I've done while working. Yeah, you know you've been working. Yeah, I, I see it coming to you in the eyes. Let's talk about yeah that. that right there. That made you smile. Let's talk about it. Um, I mean, I've done the classic where you like skim the drunk's drink. Because he's getting too drunk, and you know that. Okay. Like he starts like, to like pour it a little shorter, and then like eventually gets to like Coke. Yeah. And like you start giving him like eventually, if he keeps drinking him and still thinks he's drinking enough, like you give him two for ones too. Like you make, and then he thinks your bill is shorter because he, okay. he tips you fatter. Dude, I, I pulled uh, that. I've definitely <laughs> um, poured a uh, a vodka soda uh, for someone, or no, uh, fuck, maybe it was a like a vodka. Is vodka and some dark. Uh, soda and the guy's like it's pretty weak and I'm like let me hook you up and I just go take the bottle of simple syrup and just like is this good man glug 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 good if now too glug, glug, not glug, to notice it's put simple it back. syrup See, they deserve it <laughs> my favorite thing to do back in the day is especially because what 15 Jesus 15 years ago 10 years ago maybe it's probably 15 um, when I'd get someone who's like hey make it strong or like no I said like a lot of bartenders have gone through a lot of work to educate consumers at this point but back in the day it was not uncommon for people to be like pour it stiff fuck you like what are you doing for me you tip like shit so what I would do because that's not how you do customer service uh, what I would do I'd be like you got it and then I would fill it with coke I'd pour the rum like the exact amount right on top and hand it to them without a straw they'd sip it and they'd be like oh yeah thanks can I get a straw sure thing Boop, and we're done here. Right. And that was my best way to kind of stay yeah. people off to that stuff. And, it, and it's funny because I'm so uh, R-worded. When you first said that, I was like, what are you just like pouring three-quarter pints? Like, I'm just so stuck in like the... No, I'm more for the mixed drink side. <laughs> for whatever reason, I was just so stuck on like the pouring a pint. that I was like, you just skimming like uh, an ounce or two off these guys? Like, what's going on here? But no. Uh, uh, so that was not that fucking shady, dude. 
Yeah. You've got way better. Bobby's than you. not wrong. Bobby's not wrong. You've got way better than you. I know you do. Uh, I feel like we've done I, shadier haven't things. I smoke you down at a beer fest. <laughs> oh, smoking weed at work. Okay, yeah. So like, especially back when I cooked. One of, one of the places I started working was a place called Grizzlies, and they put me through like the ringer as a new guy all day, playing pranks on me and stuff. Like, hey, I need you to go down to the basement. Go open the door that's attached to the back. This door is like sealed shut. The basement isn't a thing. It's a building that got changed around. They like moved this building. Wait, what? Yeah, so like it doesn't go to anywhere. So oh. I'm like really trying to get to this basement that doesn't exist. Oh, okay. For quite that's, a while, enough that like I nice. really yanked on this handle and like broke the door and shit. It doesn't go anywhere, so it's fine. But uh, I come back in after this like day of like all this like little pranks like that they're pulling on me as they trained me in. That's cool. And nice. then they told me to go look for the, yeah, classic hazing, but like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Cool, simple stuff. Yeah. Uh, they told me to go look for this thing that didn't exist in the freezer. So one last prank. I go back out and I'm like, you guys, I should have known. Like, we don't, fuck, we don't have that. We do we? He's like, no, we actually do carry that. We're out of it right now. But look behind the thing, this particular thing, and make sure. I go back in there and there's an apple that's cored out with like bowl loaded, <laughs> and it was like that. You made it. You get to. You're part of the team now. You smoke this bowl in the freezer and break it in and like initiate it. That was like we had a GM that like we would it was set up to like still be smoking mm-hmm. from back then when you still could like oh, this yeah. is after the you couldn't smoke in there anymore uh, but the vents still work the same oh the so like we'd sit there yeah. after hours and like smoke bowls and drink beers pretty solid all night long yeah doesn't like more that as a shady thing than anything is but usually like we still paid for them for the company because I work for people after I left corporate I work for people that like I wouldn't like just drink beer their beer for free. And rip their profit off unless they like gave it to oh, me. I certainly do. But that. how odd is that that once you go work for decent people, you want to always be on the level of them? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a weird correlation that no one has ever picked up on. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> ever since I started chasing the actual like career of it, I refused to work for shitty people, so I've never had to worry about that in like a decade. That's why I don't have very many sh- shady stories or shady stories anymore. Yeah. Fair you enough. go back to like yeah, my Applebee's days and stuff. You well, got let, more. Let's pull. Let's pull one of the Applebee's book. What you doing at Applebee's? I had sex in that cooler. Ooh, baby. With my GM. There you go. <laughs> when I was a cook. Now, that is an accomplishment within itself. I mean, if you know anything about restaurant hierarchy. Did she fire yeah. you after? No, no. I Yeah, I knew her, like, way before then. We, we had someone on the podcast, uh, um, as a manager, suck his employee's dick on, like, their, like, I don't know. Were they new employers? They're, like, working together. Or but training. the dude... Uh, Told the guy, he's like, hey, let's go back in the car and I'll suck your dick. And then he fired him. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Let me suck your dick and then I'm going to fire you. I just, I mean, there are worse ways to be fired for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, that's a good severance package. However, uh, it, it, I, I imagine that that would invoke so many emotions because at first you're like, man, things are really working out at work. <laughs> like, man, things are going so great. Hey, can I talk to you in the office? Certainly. Are you going to get my dick sucked again? <laughs> yeah. Was, I'm going to get blown again. <laughs> You're fired. I did not see that. <laughs> like, for real. Like, see, I almost got to wonder, like, maybe he didn't come. So he made him all inconfident about his blowjob skills or whatever. I didn't so, ask that part. <laughs> so, like, that's why I fired him. Is like, because he's just mad because. Yeah, like, we should You know gone. him. We should have <laughs> that could totally make sense then. Yeah. Like, shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, I agree. We do need video in here. That face, yeah. his face is too, too much. We so, um, but I mean, I'm Love sure. You, Dominic. 
I wouldn't. Uh, you know, <laughs> any uh, any stories where you know you you say you don't say any names, obviously. Um, but you currently work for a company. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's hear some shit. So I work for a distributor, and yeah. So when I moved into the distributor world, like I was saying, uh, it was the last little part of my resume. I just hadn't had two years experience, right? You're getting two mm-hmm. years or a degree. That's what everyone says. Most people with degrees still need two years, so yeah, so I didn't degree out. I just did it that way. Uh, but I, so I wanted to like learn the distributor from that side out. I've been a brand rep before that, kind of worked with them, uh, like your position. Yeah. Uh, but like with no structure and mm-hmm. awesomeness, like the way you do it, it was a shit show when I used to do it before. But I'm moving to that world again because I like it a lot more. You only have to work for certain brands that you like. There's none of that like, this is what I don't like because they have like some of the. You have to sell these specific brands, mm-hmm. and part of your money is dependent on that in a way that it's it's not just bonus money. Like part of your legitimate like regular income is based upon you hitting those certain numbers from those certain brands. Mm-hmm. And I always said, like, I never want to work for a distributor that, like, forced me to sell shitty products. That's why I never went to work for one of the big well, boys and sell and things was, like Kinky. Those brands that they picked, <laughs> yeah. it's just arbitrary, right? Like, there's not, yeah. like, a, an incentive from the brewery or, like, a focus month that breweries are, like, on. It's just they right. just pick five brands well, and it stays out of these same five brands they call this, you know, whatever, uh, certain legacy brands but like some of them haven't even been around as long as some other brands and i think certain other brands keep us a better supply and have a more consistent product and just see a lot more effort from other brands than some of these brands that are on that list and i just don't get that that's got to be a backsided thing that i don't understand it's outside of my pay grade i guess uh to know like what why those decisions were made on some of them and some of them are very obvious though too and some of those brands are brands that like you know, freshen your life up then. <laughs> no, that's uh, it's super interesting to hear. The the one thing I, I, I talk about in regret of like how I kind of came into this industry was that I never got an ability to have an experience with distributors. It's the one out of the billion jobs I've had, it's the one I've never done, right? I've never worked for a distributor and it, and it blinds me to this like how you guys get paid and like yeah. all well, this other kind of stuff. Uh, the distributor I've signed with is about to have a position open if you want. <laughs> <laughs> More than one, actually. <laughs> See, that's that shit talking. Yes, let's go. And, uh, but yeah, yeah. super. Like, you want it? Like, yeah, yeah, I get you an interview. <laughs> I, you know, no, I, so I get like I get money if they actually hire you, though. So. Listen, uh, I think it actually violates the three tier system. But I would uh, any distributor listening that would employ me, even on like a part time basis, where I can't really like affect your brand success. Uh, I really do just want the experience and like, like do the micro dirty jobs version well, of it. Where you're I, just, I, I would I'd, I'd go do merchandising. Like I really do just want to truly understand where these guys are coming from. And it's so weird yeah. because like when I try to explain this to my distributor, like because they're scumbags, they think I'm being disingenuous and I'm up to something. Right. And all I'm trying to do is be a better partner. And it's interesting that you kind of said that there are these brands, these legacy brands. That's the exact word they use too. Yeah. Um, that kind of pay for everything and and I've gotten frustrated from time to time because like for the last over a decade I've been on the streets I I, you know I've been almost every I've tried to be used ubiquitous as one person can be in in a market this large fifth largest city in the US by the way Uh, and I'm in different parts of the state pretty consistently back to finally yeah so it just like I work hard for my distributors and I bust my dick and some of them are really great, and some of them, like, could give two fucks as to what the fuck I do, and then they're 
is allergic to accountability as I've ever seen in my fucking life. And it's it's just the wildest unbalanced marriage I've ever experienced. And mm-hmm. I've said it before and I'll say it again, the three tier system, especially as it exists in Arizona, is flawed as shit. And yeah. if and if craft beer is gonna stand a chance in Arizona to be a beer state, beer city, and be respected, there will be an equalization in franchise law and how like as a spirit house I can leave my distributor 60 days notice with beer I have to go to court there's litigation there's buy-offs lawyers have to get involved and uh, regardless of what Manuel Brothers says or whatever contracts they sign I'm gonna talk some shit right here um, they own your the rights to your brand the moment they deliver one case of beer Mm -hmm. that's established franchise law in Arizona no signed contract overwrites established franchise law for those that don't know how the law works. You would need to set a good enough reason to re-examine precedent on said law, which there isn't, and that's fucked here in Arizona. And it needs to change. And that's why the M3 bypass has been so popular from out-of-state brands to do tests in the market because if they try to test through... Uh, I almost called it Pond, um, Quail. Um, and they're a fine company. Bob does a great job over there. But if they decide that because they don't merchandise enough and they want to do chains and they want to go to Crescent or Hensley, which are more equipped to do that, they then might not have that opportunity without a legal fight, which is so fucking wild that yeah. all this exists here. It's because those laws are outdated coming back from coming out of early prohibition like and because coming out of that arizona wasn't even a state yet coming out of that and so like they didn't even like look twice at it until years later but you think about three-tier system that in general like it whole needs a whole revamp because the whole idea behind three-tier system was how do you get the mob to stop running booze during prohibition you give them jobs you created distributors you just made them the distributors. They were all unionized, literally mobs before. Like, that's where distributors come from. That originally. hasn't changed. And their laws are still written as that. So, like, the way that they got, that was their influence to get that to be a law where, like, if you distribute a case for them, you become the distributor because it's like the, no, 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 we're your distributor now. They, like, it bully no, you. Like, you can't back out of it. It's like a bully it tactic. exactly right. That's yeah. some Hoffa shit, dude. Like, yeah. And it is. Straight up. And I, I, yeah, I instead actually, of mobs now, it's politicians. I actually yeah. made a joke that there's a distributor that only exists in one part of the state of Arizona is a way to launder money from a distributor they're tied to back in New York. Yep. Um, do your research, figure that one out. But uh, I literally just made a joke, like, are they still laundering mob money? <laughs> like, because yep. that's how the laws still work out here. In North Dakota, we're, we were with, uh, with Proof Distillery. We were with uh, Johnson Brothers originally. We're not with them anymore because, uh, honestly, they sucked <clears throat> at getting our product out there. I did more of the footwork as a brand rep back mm-hmm. there than they ever did. That, um, that was a distributor I used to hear about outside of Arizona so much so more often. If there's and a 3 two system, not so much anymore. How come they can manufacture on-site at their main ware- distribution warehouse? They get raw, like, pre-made distillate product in, and then they have, like, like that's where, that's where Phillips comes from. So Phillips is Johnson Brothers. How does that work for the three-tier system? Well, Phillips, you, like, it's just un- a different cousin's Phillips? name. It's like a well, cheap out, brand out, alcohol. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah out, it's out, the rail everywhere up there. It, it becomes a, even a more locally relevant question. How does, how does a brewery establish its second 
headquarters, quote unquote, all over their branding in Scottsdale, and then also simultaneously open up a distributor house in the same state, and everyone's aware of it, and because like two names are different on two different pieces of paper, everyone's like, like his you wife know, and his mom. This yeah. is this is all on the level. Just yeah, like the, the fact that that one did, they did switch it here to be the main, <coughs> so they could activate that, right. which took it away from their out out of state one. Uh, so like, yeah, that I didn't know about that till like years later. Yeah, uh, I, or a, a year in or so. Yeah, during all that and about kind of the stuff. losing the distribution thing in the other state they're from, they lost a distributor out there. Had oh. to choose at one point between the two. God, I wish they were or distributor. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, that's part of why they decided to do the distributor out here. Also, is because they like. Is that why? That's all no out there now. Is that why they closed down three tap rooms out here? <laughs> well, one of them was on the was on that its was, own. Yeah. One of them was on its own. Nimbus couldn't last. They were a dead brand. Before yeah, they, they, got they bought that because they were going to do they, all they this stuff with it brand. to keep they it alive. Yeah. Nimbus. They were going to try to make it the Arizona like Hams PBR, and they just never did it. They never so, put effort into it. Yeah, it's trash. The thing yeah. about Nimbus is if you got, and as much as I'm not I the biggest fan of that brand. Uh, one of the original guys over at uh, Nimbus, so I'll just exclude his name from this. I don't know. Um, but, it, but like Chris Wheeler from Prison Hill and like... Uh, there's a couple dudes that came from originally Nimbus that are now like influential and like and members. Chris tried to buy it. Yeah. Awesome. If like and I and I do know that there was an attempt for Chris and a handful of the boys to try to buy back the Nimbus brand. Yeah. And Chris has been doing a killer job with Prison Hill out in Yuma. Yeah. Shout out. And it's because um, he did that that they said no to him and they should have just done it. They, they should have They literally it. like he, Chris kills those it guys could have like recovered I that brand Yuma. in a way that was relevant, but. Um, and not to just talk some shit, but I mean, I guess to talk shit specifically, they bought, if you would have laid out the five worst brands to buy in Arizona when they were buying brands, they picked two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, what the fuck is happening? And the, They're cheap. the lazy rebrands. Yeah. Very cheap. It was Why just, buy one of those brands when you knew the building was falling apart? So you're going to have to like change the where you well, had it. Well, they burned Matt from Sleepy Dog bad on that yeah. lease. Like, he got fucked yeah. on that deal. Yeah. Um, they were able to find enough that. things where they did go to, like, court or whatever uh, to, like, say that it wasn't, like, what it was supposed to be. Like, the water pressure and all these different little, like, little things they said. Like, it wasn't suitable for what he claimed. And that's how they, like, burned him, from what I understand. Which is, I which is, like is bullshit because there was a distillery yeah, next door. That was door. all before my time, so. Yeah, and, yeah. and I'm just, you know. Wait, there's I, a distillery I, next door? Caskworks was. So how moved. big was the hot liquor tank? Well, and that's the thing, too, is like I know when Caskworks came in, they upgraded everything from what was existing there already, and they had to chain, make a bunch of changes to the building before Caskworks even came in because, and maybe not next door, but like within three suites of each other in the same building, um, was a distillery that opened up and had a cocktail lounge that was built after the fact of Sleepy Dog. So it's so fucked. And, and I know um, I love Matt Weber. He's such a great dude. Um, he just got fucked so bad with the Sleepy Dog stuff. And they 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 used to have a tap room. This is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw it way back. They used to have Do a tap mean, room in Gilbert. Uh, yeah, uh, he didn't get fucked with the Sleepy Dog stuff. He, he got has, fucked by the two brothers. People. Well, no, he yeah. he got fucked uh, in Gilbert on that lease. From what I understand, sure. and in then, Gilbert, yes, yeah. Yeah. And and when I say sleep fucked by the sleepy dog stuff, it's that Matt 
Matt never wanted Sleepy Dog to kind of take off in the way it did. And everyone's got partners in different directions, man. If And not that Matt ever wanted to be a brewer in the first place, but he was, you know, I, I still hang out with that dude occasionally. And he was definitely one of those dudes who just wanted to brew beer, have a small tap room, and kind of keep it chill. And between, like, distributor pressure and partner pressure and all this shit, he just kept taking deals that he didn't feel comfortable with. And, and, I've, and I've been there, too. Like, I've been pressured by my distributor to grow and then when you're like, all right, like, where's the win so we can keep this going? They're like, well, who did you talk to at Fry's? And you're like, what the fuck? I mean, I, I, it's not that I'm averse mm-hmm. to the work. It's just like, but you're also supposed to be helping me here. And they, <laughs> and they just don't. But that's a, well, yeah. I mean, that's some, that's some good shit talk. But we got yeah, other we went, questions. We went deep in that. Uh, yeah. So are you going to, when are you going to announce who you're going to? The new, the new gig. Can we... Oh, I can now. Can we Perfect. Uh, Industry yeah. secrets exclusive. I mean, there's this small, small, small of chance of two little minute details uh, exist that still need to be finalized. But, like, I have, like, my contract, what it looks like between me and the two companies. So I'm going to have a split. Uh, like Two different companies are going to pay half my wage each. Mm-hmm. Um so that I can be the brand rep in Arizona for Thorn Brewing Company. Hell yeah. Woo! And then drink Kobe. So Kobe is like the name of the product itself, but like if you look it up on any social media platforms, it's drink Kobe. Uh, yeah, we drink some of that on here with Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Taylor's been on yeah. the podcast. Taylor's been on the podcast. Yeah, he's my fucking boy. So, yeah, we have Taylor. Him. Shout out Taylor. We're actually going to be hire. By the way, um, and then Chris from you, Harder Mate too, or from your uh, Kobe. Uh, Shout out to Chris, too. Like, that dude was really cool. I met him last weekend. I don't know. Chris, Chris has got to prove his work to marketing. me. Yeah. Tell him, yeah, tell him to book us up. T- tell him to hit us up at <laughs> industrysecretspod at gmail.com. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if he wants that email to fall on deaf ears. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, no, uh, um, well, now that you're with, or soon to be with, yeah. announced Thorn, uh, we're already doing a collab, baby. October, yeah. motherfucker. We're doing a collab. Yeah. See, I told you I'd still sell your beer for you. Uh, <laughs> Bobby told me yesterday. Uh, was that? No, that was that was Wednesday. Wednesday, we sat down. We're sitting at Blue Thirty Two, and he goes, "So, got the numbers today. You're to date. You're my. Uh, you sell the most beer for me. Yeah. You have the highest number. I was like, yeah. Pretty sure I ended with that last year too, though. Technically, because uh, Nicole had left yep. like just in time for the last little bit. And kind of like drifted Swooped out where in. I picked that up. Uh, so I'm pretty sure I ended last year with it too. So and so he says that, and then he goes, So yeah, cool that you're leaving now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Better get used to that, Bobby. Uh, do they fall like flies? It's fucking retarded. Oh, and, uh, they, and then they become your peers. It's super. Yeah, I mean, because it, it, it's rad, but yeah. it's also. I mean, I'm never, I'm never upset that anybody leaves the distributor that oh, I'm signed yeah. with. Uh, I'm always. In fact, very excited that they do, <laughs> while also being fucking annoyed. Yeah. Uh, because it's like, damn, I just lost an amazing rep, but mm-hmm. I'm watching someone who that I consider an amazing rep grow their career. Like no that's doubt. that's fucking rad to see. I I love that, and I don't know how it is your relationship with your distributors are. And most oh, of they're mine, so good. Most of mine are always like, hey, have you tried like being more friendly with the reps? And there was a time where I chased that fucking dragon, but. At this point, my whole thing is now it's like, listen, I'm not mad because like a lot of these people are rad and it means I get to see them more and it means I get to be more like have more actual honest conversations with them. But like every time I befriend one of your reps, 
I teach them how to sell my brand and then they become my competitors and my peers in the market. And so I'm basically wasting time and money training my competitors how to sell against my brand. And while they are my friends, we are all still doing business here. So while they'll prefer not to take my handle, they'll also not say no. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. So Jeremy, with that being said, you got his shitty coworkers. So I was uh, just thinking about that during some of this last, what, what you were just saying, uh, with how, like the hiring, even like when you work for a small craft distributor, hire people like, like me, like Alex, that have a passion for like craft beer and actually mm-hmm. like craft beer and teach them how to do the dynamic of being a distributor sales rep. Mm-hmm. Cause there should be a certain like roboticness. Like if you are the big boy, those guys are order takers, you know, then yeah. they don't need as much like the salesman attitude. They hire specific people to go to key accounts that have them or that salesman attitude. Yep. Right. Yep. But both of them need to know, like everyone should still know how to flip the numbers of your profit margins in their head or show them how to use the calculator that's built into your ordering program. Yeah. None of the training gets done for that at this company. <laughs> like that's like one of my biggest things that like always messed me up since I've been here. And no real training is, like, program. Yeah. No way, and like they, no they, they recruited to me to move me across the state for this whole position <laughs> that like they had no plan for. Luckily I end up with a beer out, save me, but I got yeah. no training. I got thrown to the wolves <clears> for that. I never worked for a distributor to see all those ins and outs and all those particularities that they like, like, uh, and then you go to like the, yeah, the big boys and they have like those certain programs and the certain protocols that you have to follow. So like, I always call it like either get into it because you have the passion side or get into it because you're a failed business major. Like for then for us, small, like narrowing that down to a small craft distributor, if you do hire somebody that knows sales well and has that structure because they've been selling wine for like 23 plus years, like two of my current coworkers, teach them about beer, put the yes, time in, educate seriously. them on craft beer because like, it's not like they're shitty sales reps or shitty people. They just don't it's, know their they products. Have, you hired people that knew nothing about beer and then didn't properly even give them tools to train them the right way. Yeah. Like I couldn't like, go sell cars. I don't know shit about cars. Yeah. I don't put the fucking key in the ignition, fill it with gas and go. At it, least like run them through a Cicerone, like minimal program or something. Yeah. <laughs> Bro. The bar is on the floor for me. At least have these people know the names of the brands they're selling. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many times I'm talking to a rep I know, have known, or employees that have been at said distributor where I've been for years or they've been like the only rep in in a territory where my hometown is. There's a dozen examples. And they're like, what? I They couldn't name two of my beers if they tried. They couldn't tell me if we had a distillery or not or what kind of product. And it's, mm-hmm. I remember having a meeting with my distributor, um, one of them, and they literally were not aware of like a new flagship product we'd been selling for two years in their house. Like their, their upper management during an annual business plan meeting was like, oh, this is great. I've never had it. What? Yeah. You didn't know that one of my top three focus brands existed. Tight. Bring it down to the street level. Dude, I'm like, they'll call me like, oh, hey, I got this in so-and-so. It's like, oh, so when I submit brand priorities every year, no one gives a shit. And Dude, the right. worst part is, what the fuck can you do about it? Ain't shit. No, well, and I think I think you touched on it. One of you said it at the very beginning, and it's exactly how I do things. I literally just had a, a talk with, shout out Ross, another rep in the market, uh, in one of my distributor parking lots earlier, is that they don't care. And, and maybe it was we were talking 
uh, before we got on the mic. And the fact is, is if you rely on your distributors to sell and grow your brand, you're done. Like, yeah. you have to get out and give a fuck about your brand because no one else is going to. Yeah. And that's what I've always done. I've always sold my brand and tried to lean hard on my distributors to give me some fucking love. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I respect the hustle a lot of other brands put in. But there has been from time to time brands that get a little foot up from help with distributors based on relationships and other agreements and things like that. Incentives and I to l- the company, not the reps. Dude. I've wild. literally right. asked GMs of distributors... <clears throat> Just tell me. Whatever it is, just tell me. They don't want to give that information up. And they don't. Right. And and it's like, I'll just, at this point, I'll just do it. Like, I'm done fighting with you. I'll just, how many cases can I sell has a limit. I can hire another person, and that has a limit. But all of my distributors have so much more resources at their disposal. So if you want something in exchange for all this effort I'm putting in to have to deliver more cases of my beer, just put an answer on it. Mm-hmm. Dude, so, I had to, I, I um, proposed incentives <clears throat> for, uh, I think I might have to go upstairs to get more beer. There's not a lot of domestics down here. So if we want some light beers, I'll run upstairs real fast. No, you're, you're <clears throat> so, but yeah, my San Diego distributor, I offered incentives to, uh, Give reps more money, and they said no. Oh, and I was I, like, "Wait, I'm gonna give my company's money to these people, and you won't take it because we'll approve it." The what? oh, they didn't even approve. They go, "We're not accepting it. We're not. We're yeah, not accepting incentives." It's wild uh, when that because happens. they don't care that the reps made more money. It's the higher ups go. How do I get that money? Mm-hmm. As the person that, as the rep that sold the most of your beer, that really fucking annoys me to hear. I didn't know uh, that. <laughs> It's it, every distributor. That. And every how much those fucker. dudes get paid. Like, <laughs> And again, I'm not talking about anyone specifically, but I have over 10 years of dealing with people like this. And it's like, there's some dudes and it's like, they literally have just been on a drinking schedule mm-hmm. for fucking 10, 15, yeah. 20 years. They get up at 3 a.m. and go work out. And they're in the office by 5. They're drinking by noon. Yeah. Uh, they're off by 2. And uh, oh, we know some guy like that, and, minus and, the working out. And, yeah, and they're, ra- the working out. they're wrapping. Well, <laughs> when I say working out, I mean like walking 30 minutes so they don't die. Yeah, I don't think uh, he doesn't even do that. Oh, geez. <laughs> and then they're like out till eight. And like, I, dude, I know supervisors in certain markets where like every person that works for him, every person that interacts with him, like, that dude's a fucking useless drunk. Like, it is yeah. so embarrassing how corporatized the middle tier of what we do is because everything else. And not to overuse this terminology, because I have the street cred, but none of that shit's punk rock, dude. Like, yeah. the other two tiers are. Like, being a retailer, like, dudes like Clayton and Jeff Attaway and Trent and Eric at Chupa and all these kind of people who just, like, yeah. throw their reel out. Like, those people, fucking awesome. Most craft suppliers, owners, fucking rad. And then it's just this huge Wall Street-like corporate mess right in the middle of our fucking shit. It's so wild. Yeah, as he, you made this comment earlier. Uh, if you expect your distributor to build your brand. So the irony in that, the one I work for, their slogan is, we build brands. So, so when I oh moved here, I thought that that was their whole mission and what their plan was, so was to do something different, be different as a distributor, and actually help every single brand they do have in their wheelhouse build their brand up. And if you do sell their contract off, off to a bigger distributor at some point because you blew them Break up enough, money. dope. 
that's more like being a craft brewer that hopes to like sell out and make millions someday too. Oh, they and there's love not doing necessarily that. a shitty thing to do at one point, but like that's why we get in the game is to hopefully make a ton of money at some point well, while having a passion about what we do. To do they it. love to incubate a brand if they make money. That's a right. that's a, ba- a business plan too. Like I want to open a distributor that can build brands up to be sold because then I get all the money building them up, and then I get big cuts to to sell. To let them go. And then I do it to the next brand with all that new resource and build them up and resell them. And I really wish that that's what they were. Like the CBD water that we sold for a little while. Like we did that perfectly with that brand. We did what we needed to. Blew it up enough. A way national level bigger distributor. Like it was the last key state they needed uh, for this bigger brand to pick them up. They went national on it and they're bunch of dudes made a ton of money and sold off yeah there's a there's, <laughs> there's a local... wild laws or there's there's wild lack of laws for non-alcoholics though. yeah that's true it's absurd yeah it's a little well, easier to get it up anything there faster anything that i mean i kind of so this is where my uber like kind of like not libertarian but just like very freedom forward very like get out of my way let me do good business and i think over regulation is kind of a problem but here is where regulation can be helpful right like Alcohol is an acknowledged addictive substance. Right. Enticing people to buy it is morally wrong. Right. And so I understand why outside of alcohol, it like to us, like because I've started to get to non-alcoholics and there's things like slotting fees and like all, it seems so barbaric. But then when you kind of like look at it from the other aspect, it's like we're being limited because like enticing people the way like if, if Budweiser were allowed to run roughshod in a, a, a store like the way Lay's or um, what's the fucking Chips Ahoy Nabisco does in a store. Check mm-hmm. that out in the shelf the next time you go in there. Check out like who's running the snack aisle. Those are all paid for slots. Yeah. Buy huge corporate money, buy conglomerated brands. Now imagine if alcohol was allowed to do that. Right. We'd be so fucked. Um, they, would, they would consolidate enough power to change regulation and alcohol like quality and it just... For me, like, I do understand. It, it's so frustrating because, like, in the three-tier system, you, you can't entice consumers to buy alcohol directly. And I can't entice a retailer to buy my product, which is less morally bad from my perspective. Because all that actually happens is that a big brand just is, then says, oh, I can't entice uh, cold beer and cheeseburgers to buy my beer. Okay. Hey distributor that sells to cold beer and cheeseburgers if you make sure my brand never isn't in there i will do this and it's the same fucking hammer different nail right and it's so fucking backwards always a loophole around it because then the other big loophole around not being able to give so much money in different states Mm -hmm. to you know your bar or your off-sale account even in marketing materials blah, blah blah in different states that changes it's like the fourth state learned all those differences for from between right. the three or between yeah distributor to wholesaler and uh, manufacturer. Right. Um, it changes state by state, and here it's like four hundred dollars a year or something like that. In Arizona, is all you're like allowed to give them in certain 500. materials. Five hundred. Yeah, Five hundred okay, yeah. yeah. annually <laughs> per wholesaler. So that means like, if I'm a bar owner that does business uh, with, let's just throw out a couple brand uh, distributors: Crescent Crown, Hensley, Quail. Uh, Southern Breakthrough Beverage. That's five, right? Mm-hmm. And so five times five is, I think, $2,500. I think. Nailed so it. They, they can, from each one of those, and that doesn't sound like a lot, but throughout the year, that's insanely beneficial. And um, they actually, a law was just staved off. Um, 
I think it was Miller Coors or some fucking constellation maybe wanted to be able to like give like a they wanted to put a cap on it is like the reasonable thing to do, but they basically wanted to buy refrigeration equipment for retailers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Coca-Cola does. Yeah. And there's already enough. Well, they technically still own those though. That's the other, another loophole thing is you own those things, those neon signs and places. You technically stay and, and owning And there's a those. bunch, there's a bunch of backroom deals that get done. Everyone knows what the Carol and the Teddy special are. Everyone knows right. what those are. Right. Let's hear That's it. basically what I was getting to or going towards. Let's, is no, it's all it ends the, up being like smile, smile, wink, 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 nod, nod, and they find mm-hmm. loopholes around everything to go with that. <laughs> like, yeah. All right. Since they actually have corporate lawyers, I will slander, but maybe not even slander, but uh, I'm going to talk about some shit I've seen happen in the market. There is a particularly large brand in Arizona that may or may not have been purchased by somebody um, where a lot of their initial like success came through it's like three points right was if there were accounts that would like get in line with kind of the thing like there were you know drop-offs of kegs that weren't necessarily tracked and um there's a small local brand in the north same kind of area i'm from that uh did the same thing with refrigeration equipment for quite a while um, and I don't know if they ever got busted or just ran out of money because that shit's expensive. Yeah, they went the wrong way. <laughs> but uh, easier yeah. to, easier for a, tr- a keg to fall off a truck than a refrigerator to yeah. fall off a truck. There's already enough of these dirty deals happening in the market. We don't need more of this. And then they came in and tried to like make it a law. And like <clears throat> recently, within well, recently within the last five years, legislatively, they've talked about eliminating distributor incentives. And as someone who's worked from a distributor, I want to get your input on this because, like you said before, you're paid this insanely low base. And then your bonuses, in quotes, are a lot of these legacy brand goals you have to those hit. The, they call They've, those sides bonuses. So they actually like tax you differently. All that. It's more exp- yeah, you, yeah you so you have the commission more. side that goes yeah. under your wages, tips, blah, blah, blah. Those bonuses. Commission's also go, taxed higher, too. Yep. Yeah, like that. So like they separate that out very, like, weirdly when i was just actually doing taxes recently yeah uh the way that like they show that even on like my w2 or whatever uh-huh. the way that like they flip some to yep. whatever and it flip up it's almost like yeah it just uh i gotta look well there's something that, called actually. payroll tax that once you kind of educate yourself on it a little bit as a business owner uh you realize that uh companies like that will try to offset that cost which is very expensive for a right. company uh, by being like, oh no, you're bonusing. So that's not payroll. Right. Don't have to so pay the tax. they don't pay the tax. You, you get, pay the you tax. Get, yeah, you that's get hit, exactly what I'm you get hit at, with yeah. like You get hit with like an additional like 0.5 of what they were going to pay yeah. because it's a bonus. And it's not a bonus because, and I don't know if this was your case, but like I know for a fact that yeah. there was a distributor in 2019 that was paying a base of $21,000. And every, and then what they tell you is that you make. Fifty a year. Mm-hmm. What I was just don't about to tell you uh-huh. is that thirty thousand of that is bonus and taxed oh, in a different bracket. The pipe dream that I was sold when I moved here. Oh, dude. So mind you, the, the distributor I work for, maybe they'll figure it out. They got a new GM, new sales manager. I do like the new sales manager. New a sales lot. manager's fucking rad. He's, he's a rad that guy's dude. cool as fuck. We know him. Okay. We like absolutely him. Absolutely love him. Uh, and maybe they can do something with this. The ownership is still the ownership. I absolutely, dude. I absolutely uh, <laughs> hope. For the new sales manager's success on every yeah. facet, maybe they can finally uh, that turn that company into what it's supposed to be. Uh, I hope so because I'm so mm-hmm. kind of tied to them. Uh, but ah. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully the revamp. That's why. That's why he hasn't been talking yeah. too much shit. Limited <laughs> amount of shit. He's, he's, he's straight. 
And why I had to throw out the, uh, just in case he listens, I do like the new sales manager a lot. (laughs) He might listen to my old boss. Yeah, that's why he might listen to your podcast. I I doubt he does. I use examples from existing partners. That's also why I don't. And shout out to the warehouse manager. (laughs) The warehouse manager at that company is the glue that holds that company together. I'll say his name. Brian Brian Mudstock. Holy shit. He's a gentle giant. He's a. He's like this enormous human being. And you look he's, at him, you like, he's I wouldn't fight. adorable little brother. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> fight him with a bat. And he is one of the best human beings I've ever yeah. met in my life. He signed on with that company and was a sales rep at one point. All mm-hmm. that, like put up bigger numbers. He's the only other person that has ever sold into successfully or had a good relationship with a certain West Side account that everybody kind of knows can be a bit of a... Uh, he, he doesn't like a lot of people. If he likes you, you're in there like swimwear. What account? Uh, he's very particular, but y'all yeah, know who I mean. <laughs> a GC. Oh, hey, now. Ian. Hey, Ian, if you're listening, you know how you are. <laughs> Listen, buddy. You know how you are. Yeah. I'm going to come see you soon for a different brand. We'll see how it goes. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well. I finally made it in with him with the Ennegrin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they were in the, you, you, you were in there for a while. Yeah. Um, I'm the only one that's ever gotten a permanent handle. In so, it. one of my favorite questions asked on this podcast is uh, a good I quit story. And you literally just quit. So, yeah. You got any good uh, ones? Wait, what did what, 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 what you call it? I quit story? I quit story? Like when you go to your so boss like when and then you're like, I quit. So as in, I, I don't work for you anymore. I've been planning on putting in the notice for a while, waiting for things to like finalize with a couple key things. Like mm-hmm. They have to make sure they can hire an Arizona employee. Um, and I think that's the only thing we're waiting on anymore. Uh, but yeah, then, well, and for sure that Kobe is going to be brought into the state, but that's like a shoe in now. Uh, so when I did actually end up putting in notice was not like I was planning on doing. It was, a. Uh, I got written up for missing this meeting that got moved to a Monday and all of a sudden it was at a different time than we've ever had a meeting scheduled. Mm-hmm. It was and it wasn't a bunch like, of, like shifting around and we've been having meetings weekly. And it lately. wasn't a so like, two week notice, right? Like they, they hit you with that notice, like less than seven days. Yeah. Within like three days yeah. difference of like it changing out like that. Uh, and like, yeah, change it to an hour and a half earlier on a, on a Monday of, of all days to like have that going on. And mind you, like I said, I've been having meetings every week since like the changeover of GM. And so it, they're just trying to get this better grip on it, but it's overkill for the reps. So like that like, time, do that be, for the new guys. If you need to like, that time educate them, I can be the field out. Selling, yes. Yes. Which is where you're making. And the money. they're also screaming that we need to be out in the field, not running hot shots, but you make us come there for a meeting every week. Yeah. Defeating like the whole idea of what you're screaming about, like not doing hot shots and stuff. Right. So like I got written up and nobody showed up to that meeting, but one of the reps, oh, nobody really? else got written up for missing Ooh. that meeting for whatever reasons or another. I mean, Alex, you just had a baby. Shout out to your baby. That's why you weren't there. Like, <laughs> Shout out no, to your baby. No, no, no. And you <laughs> and mama. Uh, hope y'all doing well. <laughs> hey, hey, don't be shouting out his ma- or his wife. Well, I mean, just like she's healthy and at home. You know what I mean? She's a really great lady. Like, she is dope. Alex would suck if it weren't for her. I don't know. Alex is amazing. Yeah. Also not me. Yeah, different, no, Alex, different Alex, Alex. Different Alex. Yes. Love you, Alex. Uh, but you, yeah, she's she's your rock. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, one person actually made it to that meeting, and I'm the only one that like, got written up for it. And like, I wouldn't have signed that paper. Uh, I put in my notice and signed it with a big, like, I almost actually flipped him off, but I didn't. Like, right in his face. 
Yeah, I mean, when you're at the moment, you're just like, ah, is this worth a fist professional. fight? Ooh, professional, ooh, professional. <laughs> yeah. I just like, let's, uh, let's, let's hear how everybody else took getting written up for not showing. Oh, you didn't do that? Okay, bye, and walk out. Mm-hmm. Like, mail me the fucking, mail me my, uh, you know my address, mail me my fucking write-up letter, I'll scan it back to you, like. I wish I could say I had ever done it, cooking back then, I had a couple of shitty jobs I worked, my buddy did do it one day, you know what a black hawk down is? Uh, On that note of awesome quitting jobs, way to do it, black hawk down, (laughs) you call it. So you take all the orders when it's old school, like, paper tickets, Uh right, you're cooking (gasps) on the line, you take them and throw them in the fryer. Oh you just wipe God. all those orders out so all those orders are lost. You walk out on that Ooh. note. So like they just oh, scramble. They're fucked. And for they the, have to give out all those free meals because they're going to be late as fuck. For the, for the audience <laughs> that uh, isn't familiar with how restaurants work. Uh, That's brutal. Uh, against better instincts, almost all kitchens are run on uh, thermal paper. <laughs> Yeah. So, which doesn't make a Wait, fucking bit of waste sense. Waste of paper, three layers. It just doesn't make a bit of sense because everything in the kitchen's hot. So if you throw those tickets into the fryer, they become black and they become unrecoverable. Well, also, yes. the uh, uh, if you just look at like right when that paper gets printed to when the meal's ready, mm-hmm. that ticket goes from like a white paper with some to, maybe black and red writing to like, brown. to like brownish, grayed, faded. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. a matter of 12 to 15 minutes Sitting in the window, of yeah. just being anywhere near this heat. Yeah. The hot like, window, yeah. But uh, if you throw them in the trash, someone can pull that out. But the fryer, it's it's over, man. That yeah. is yeah. fucking plus, outstanding. Plus your fryer's fucked. You have to drain yeah. your fryer. You can't cook food in there after that. No, no, no. no By no, health code standards, <laughs> you have to drain your fryer and change your grease out in the middle of a rush, too. That's no, no. why. Yeah. And reheat that. Yeah. Re- it's not happening. I mean, if you'd have thrown ice into it like he was thinking about doing you set a fire. Well, and you could have hurt somebody. Well, so you can't do it that, that, way. that is uh, <laughs> that explodes. <laughs> it, it best that's negligence with intent. So I mean, yeah, yeah you don't. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to quit in an awesome way, you don't want that. Like, because God, and people who choose to be middle managers are just the pettiest human beings on the planet because they're so mediocre. Those or are the kind of guys who are going to waste twenty hours to fucking take you to civil court over some fucking ice you threw in a fryer, which you know could have gotten one of your coworkers hurt. So yeah. uh, I was going to burn the building down. Listen to Jeremy yeah. and throw the tickets. In the fryer. That is, nice. or just take him with you. Yeah, or just yeah, leave with him. Like eat, I wouldn't even eat him, chew him up. I would do it in such a like sneaky Wait, way don't too, where like I wouldn't grab all of them, but I'd grab enough that See, would clearly cause issues, and then I just I wouldn't even say goodbye. I just exactly Irish goodbye. Or just combined version unplug of Unplug the kitchen printer and yeah. just like walk away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. Don't even tell anyone I'm walking out. Don't throw the big yeah, seat. Fifteen. Actually, just leave. See, there's fifteen tickets up like there. That. You take five. You take five just big left. ones. Five big tickets, not the small yeah. ones. Make it make it worth something. But like, if you only take a third of it, it's not as noticeable. Unplug those printers. Be like, oh, I gotta grab restocks. I just. Peace out through the back door and never say anything again. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, there's a there's a thread on Reddit called r slash anti work, which is full of some beautiful human beings. Um, and listen, I get that some people don't want to work because they're lazy, but most of the time, people don't want to labor for no reason. Uh, I love what I do. I like think a lot of people in this industry do because you feel validated, you feel creative. A lot, a lot of reasons, right? Um, medieval peasants work fifteen hour weeks, just as a kind of lead up. Uh, <laughs> to to my point here, which I'm I'm losing my brain power on, but uh, that said, in the anti work uh, Reddit thread, uh, there are some brilliant people who are just tired of working for shitty shitty people, and uh, some of these fucking you got to fucking check it out, Bobby. The I Quit stories on there are beautiful, All just right. like you said, like walking out in a way that's like disruptive, but also like in a manner that is like 
yeah, I fucked you, but you didn't give me a choice, and I did it in a way that didn't impact my peers. Right. And always love a great story like that. So that yeah. is, uh, I I've 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 quit in a few interesting ways of time, and I've even the better part fantasize about quitting every job you've ever had. Uh, I never thought fucking with the audio levels. Sorry, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yanking that mic everywhere. Yeah. I'm doing my best. Bobby. To talk with I'm, doing, I'm doing my best Bobby it. impression over here. <laughs> <laughs> my Figuring out what to do with my hands this whole time has been a thing. Yeah, I, the, the fact that you've been trying to give me a high five for like a minute is <laughs> pretty awkward. He was raising his hand. <laughs> He had questions. But I'd have never thought to throw tickets in the fryer. Like, I, I understand that how is devastating that is. As soon as you said it, the name for it's awesome. Because, like, around the time that movie was still pretty fresh, I guess. Yeah, too. Black Hawk so, Down. That's, yeah. that's genius. When yeah, you yeah. said Black Hawk Down, I was like, so like what is it going to be? Like, yeah. just, is like, he going to kill everyone? So, like you guys saying, <laughs> well, no, like the, the tickets <laughs> under the heat lamp, they turn like black. Mm-hmm. So yeah. black. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so like you've it. clearly been in the industry for a minute. You've got to have seen some beer fest creatures. 20, no, wait, hold on. 20 years now. 37 years. 20 years. 20 years. You're Officially, not... I just turned 34. No, I started at 14. Holy shit. No, yeah. that's I'm not 34. the beer industry. No, I'm not in the beer industry. Service industry. Service yeah, okay. industry. Like so I said, the dishwasher ho- start. Hospitality. Hospitality so industry. Specifically yes, like yeah, beer, yeah. Game. beer and alcohol. Um, you, you've probably been to quite a few beer fests. Yes. Uh, any beer fest creatures? Oh, man. The rare beer picnic that we used to do at Junkyard. Very, very small. Only like 13. Grew it from eight breweries to 13. But everyone Ooh. used to like, it was like strong beer here in a mini scale. But people brought their serious bangers because up there was a lot of breweries that like were home brewers that used to make like old brewing type stuff. I've Had seen some beer groups post things and, like that. That yeah. always looks so, that always looks like a fucking tornado. Yeah, it's wicked. Just like, oh, hey, we bust out the goods. And you look at the table and you're like, man, those are some delicious beers. And then you're like, one, two, three, four. That is... 34, yeah. 15% beers at 22 yep. ounces a piece. Well, there and you that don't have to exchange. Six adult men. <laughs> you don't have to exchange tickets on each one. Like, yeah, Arizona's one of the few states really that have to do that. that. Yeah. Well, Arizona's yeah. one of the few states that, that, does do that, that. has to do ticketed yeah. uh, beer fests. And like when you're pouring behind the tent, nobody, like it's not a lot you can't drink there. So like the people working, the people there, everyone's hammered. Nice. Uh, but then you always end up getting those people that like, they literally bought those tickets on a whim because they knew the strong beer was going to be there, but they're not people that are there for taste. They're there to binge drink. Well, I, think, so, yeah. <laughs> I think the rule for pouring is you can't be visibly intoxicated. Right. You still have to cut them off. You're still supposed no, to. No, no, no. If you're behind the... Oh, yeah. If you're pouring. Yeah, yeah. It depends on what state you're in. I mean, I used to say in Nevada. Oh, in Arizona, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Visibly intoxicated. So just you like, can't get be your shit together and like... sipping on one yeah. by the tent either. Yeah, so yeah. you just... Get hammered oh, somewhere else, and yeah, yeah I, I've been overserved then, so many times, and someone couldn't tell. Yeah. yeah, like with Brian, even though like he can hold his stuff, he tripped over something a little bit. Yeah, he probably wouldn't have tripped <laughs> as stumbly if he hadn't been as drunk. But like he got hit for Had it, he, he got been hammered. He might not. He have got tripped. fined. He yeah, got fined. <laughs> yes, yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. That's but true. they only noticed because he legitimately just stumbled over Dude, something. I wonder how many. <laughs> Two to four ounce pours. It takes Brian to get hammered. Oh man, that dude's got to be like, he's got to be over three hundred pounds. Yeah, right. He's just a Easy he's still. just yeah. he's just an enormous man. Like yeah. his calves like are said, bigger than my head. Haggard's little brother, basically, like he's actually that size. Like the idea of Haggard, stocky though. motherfucker. Like, this dude is. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I wouldn't fight him with a bat. Yeah, Ooh, like uh, he lifts a keg, like yeah, with with yeah, an arm, like a half barrel. He can like just like just set it on the back of my car, like. Literally, I've it's seen him do it every time he hot shot. He just 
<laughs> we, like yeah. start lifting it in my car. He's like, I got it. Yeah. So, you're like, I think you're going to help him and do a two man lift. And he's just like, yeah, yeah. I got it. Uh, so about <laughs> yeah. those, get back to those creatures. You got a specific story about a creature you've seen at a uh, Yeah. So I've seen people literally start to have sex like over in the corner before. Uh, okay. And some of the like the weirdest sex to be having in public ever though, because they were like Go lizard on. licking each other. Wait, wh- sorry. Yeah, like Wait. lizard up and down the body. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to uh, so, translate that into radio. <laughs> no, I mean your tongue noises were plenty. Um, I think, oh, Lord. So I have so many questions. <laughs> it's like weird noises like that happening like, too. Uh, not that I've ever had public sex. Police listening. Wait, so lizard How, looking like, but like, like in the ass eating and shit, right? Yeah, like it eventually was like led to that. Before, like it was going right there before. We broke Every it time out. I've got people in a public place working in a bar having sex, there is a bit of like wildness to it, but there there's also like an attempt of discretion. Yeah, like being sneaky and this actually succeeding sound, is part of the. This literally sounds like side. a bullhorn. Yeah. Do you ever see the video of it's like a music fest and the guy is trying to run the the porter potties and everybody's chucking beer cans at him and finally gets hit in the head until he falls off? That's what I would want to do for someone that's just like openly having sex at a beer fest. Is like if you're chuck him, I just need this kind of what started. If happening. you keep I need your clothes on and, and you're lizard looking, I want to throw a rock at you. Yeah, um, we call that a bricken. You get a bricken for that. Yeah, lizard licking in public. <laughs> clothes on. Yeah, bricken. Brickin. Yeah. yeah. Brickenridge. For how wild they were going and still having like half their clothes on, it was wild. So there was like actual, I mean, for kids cover your ears. <laughs> now, uh, there was insertion and, and intercourse no, occurring. Never, oh, we, yeah. Couldn't it quite got get noticed to it. and like, yeah, yeah. Mostly Forgot. just. Did anybody like, throw it, it took multiple people, though, going like, guys, you gotta stop doing that here. Like, they were just like, to the first person that went over there, they were like, we're like, drunken on Molly. Huh? It's cool. That I'm pretty sure that's what was going on. You know what I mean? Like the only reason, like they were that wasted, that the only reason they were able to still be functional was the amphetamine side of Molly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no girl into uh, fuck. Come for me. No craft beer chick getting licked in public is hot. Come for me. Yeah. Period. It's not uh, cool. Yeah. Like fucking save it for the room. Like I I love the women in my industry and and the women that I meet in, with craft beer and they're they're well adjusted and, and sexy, but like to see anyone who's like a huge fan of craft beer just be hammered, getting body licked in public. There's Actually, just something kind of super sticky feeling about that. Mm, just kind keep of. Going. All right, mm-hmm. all right. Well, I mean, the if you're gonna master me, pull your I gotta like, out. I gotta readjust <laughs> I the wa- chair. I want to watch it. <laughs> That's your kink. <laughs> the female in this case no, was doing the licking and making the weird noises, though. She was making the weird noises. Yeah, yeah. Maybe and doing the really... licking. Oh wait. I just, I'm so. And he was like giggling like I'm a little so baby. Obviously so horny, really but also confused. Yeah. Um, I think this episode's three dudes jerk off in the basement. <laughs> this is the horniest episode we've ever had, for sure. <laughs> I, I get things hot. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all are welcome. Well, uh, let's no let's try to shift voice. this boner down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even get one because I got a piece on that right now. <laughs> Why'd you just say? <laughs> So I said I couldn't get one anyway because I had to pee so bad right now. <laughs> I'll go pee. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll wait. Okay, we're running it out, right? Yeah, we're. Uh, yeah, I, I only had one more question and then a wrap up, unless Bobby had anything yeah, else. Just got paid. Hit him with it. Perfect. All right, we've talked a lot about customer service, interactions, stuff like that. Um, 
But you did. We, we touched very briefly on the fact that you kind of transferred, you know. And we have actually have a very similar origin story, right? I, I did kitchen and the service. Because we're from the same Marvel history. universe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're from we're from the Mandela universe. The more I found out about your career, like yeah, like it's it's kind of a career that's very much so what I've been trying to do with mine and model around, get a little bit of everything, and then you get that like you uh you're doing the consulting where you train the GM of of another place and all that. I don't know if you talk about that or how much you talk about that, but like that stuff is like ideal to me. That's cool. That's what I want to be doing with my, with my career pattern. So props to your career. Thank you. Um, and you know, while I'm constantly talking about myself, uh, (laughs) as anyone can tell you, uh, much like, uh, Garfield's levels of, Lasagna. <laughs> I do fuck up the lasagna. You rewind that. <laughs> as much as Garfield loves to dive into some lasagna, Nailed much it. like the G in that, I move in silence. So, um, I uh, no, when I'm in the lab, I'm in the lab, and so I, you know, I uh, I do a lot of consulting and mentoring, uh, certainly. Um, but for me, I actually like to talk about like what the company accomplishes and teams accomplish because I think that leadership is submission to duty, and I think that. Um, you know, you do great things quietly, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I am loud about stuff, but everything I'm loud about is accomplished by a team that I get to represent. So it's yeah. kind of a little bit of a different thing. But that said, Oof. we're going to go back to you coming into the customer service, customer facing. Got to look at this question. Again. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell me about a crazy customer experience. You know, when when you're in the service industry. Uh, I've, I've told a story about where I watched a man get fired by his own boss at a bar. I've, I've watched a proposal go wrong. It'd be weird if great. he got fired by not his own boss. Well, but just having lunch at a place every <laughs> and day and then your boss just walk in and get fired, like get fired after two years. But just, do you have anything that's like wild? Like you're like, I can't believe this is happening in front of me while I'm just trying to give you good service. Hmm. What's my best version of that? Because I got quite a few things like that. Okay. Uh, Take your time. We'll be silent here together. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just going to create some dead air and make it weird. For you. Don't wait. Hold uh, on. Repeat the question one more time. Let me really hear it. Suck it in. Mm, yes. <laughs> Much like lasagna and Garfield, like, I yeah. like the yeah, letter G. It took G. a long time to get to this question, you so. <laughs> Crazy customer interactions. <laughs> On that note, we hate shitty customers <laughs> as much as Garfield hates Mondays. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Any crazy customer interactions? Um, I Some fucking hoodwink shit. Some people duking it out at a bar. I had a. I had a. Uh, to let you think, I'll tell a little story. I was. Yeah. I was bar. Or I was uh, serving at Outback. And one of my kitchen managers got off the clock, and he had to change his shirt and get all the off, and he's. He's sitting at one, it's a horseshoe bar and it's kind of big. So he's sitting at like the end kind of by the well where like most of the servers hang out to get their drinks. So he's sitting there to like be the farthest away from like the center bar and at the end seat to take up a little room. But the sports game that he wanted to watch, I don't know if it was football, whatever, it was totally on the other side. So he, he's out there like just kind of squinting and looking and trying to watch this. He's an older guy, he's bad, bad eyes. And I'm standing next to him, and I'm like, yo, dude, what, who's your team? Uh, you were, were talking to me. And then this dude, I, like, noticeably get up, and he's just like, and stands up, and he, like, walks over to us. And we're not quite paying attention. We, like, look up because he, like, moved his seat so hard to, like, get up and make a noise and then walks over. And now we're just still talking about whatever the sports game was that went on. And uh, he's like, you got a fucking problem? 
and, and me and me yeah. and my kitchen manager look over. We're like, yeah, I don't think so. And he's like, well, you've been fucking eyeballing me with that dirty look for the last thirty minutes. Oh my god! <laughs> and he, and my kitchen manager looks at me because he he thinks he's talking about me, and uh. I think he's talking about him. So we both go, who? <laughs> he's like, you motherfucker, and like, you could tell like stopped committing to like the finger poke to the chest when he's like you motherfucker and he's like got, sure like, which one <laughs> he like well he was pointing to my boss the kitchen yeah. man who's off but like stopped like as if he was gonna point jab his finger into his chest and then like realized he probably shouldn't do it so he stopped like two inches before but it was like this big grandiose arm swing of you motherfucker he's like were you sitting over there <laughs> i was like yeah i'm sitting over there He's like, I was watching the football game behind you, and I have bad eyes. And he's like, oh, okay. He <laughs> 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 just walks next to his seat. And I just look at him, he's like, well, that's fucking weird. And then he's like, yeah, it was. And I look at the bartender, I'm like, Chris, probably cut that guy off. <laughs> There's a 60% chance that was me. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking looking at me? <laughs> Fantastic. So, did I give you enough you, time? We bought yeah. you enough time. All right. I think I got one. I think I got Perfect. one then. Uh, He's like, I was at this bar <laughs> and then he was looking at me. Swerking <laughs> at Almost the same sort of like mentality person when they hit that point of like blackout. You just look him in the eyes and Enhanced you can tell ignorance. nobody's home. You know? Oh, yeah. So, this dude earlier in the night, uh, or just like towards the end of bar close, either way, all the way through, been trying to tell him to like finish his drink, finish his drink. We have to take it from you if it hits 2 a.m., blah, mm-hmm. blah, because North Dakota is, like, super strict on out the door at 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. It's not, like, pull the drink from them at 2 a.m. They have 30 minutes to get out unless it's below zero. Then they have 30 minutes to, like, wait for their taxi and stuff. What if it's below zero, mean, below it's zero? It's literally because written under the law that way because it's, so cold. Cause it's so cold. Because it's so cold. Temperature. So, like, oh, you, the bars there will, like, <laughs> you will instantly be fined up there, uh, if the, it hits 2 a.m. and somebody's still in there with like a drink in their hand. And it's below zero degrees? If it's below zero degrees, they can still be in there, but they can't have a drink in their hand. And it's for sure Got, if okay. there's any sales after 2 a.m. Okay. Like, okay. No. okay. Uh, but like all that, blah, blah. But so like it's college bar sort of environment. Trying to get him out, turn him out. Tell me I have to finish it. Go to try to take it. It kind of snatches it back and goes, why don't you do something else like a real job? Aren't you just like a servant? Like, I hate people that treat servers and the service industry like they're servants. It's mm-hmm. a huge... Do you spit in his mouth? Uh, I mean, that, that, wouldn't be a, that wouldn't be an insult thing for me because I'm, like, into that shit, though. So. Oh, all right. <laughs> and, uh, and I got this I'm, meme of Jasmine and Aladdin. I'll show and you later. I'm horny uh, again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I told you I'd make it hot. Uh, uh, open up your mouth real fast. Get it, get it, Daddy. Adding, what's your favorite kink? Shoes or questions? Yeah, add, add on the question. What's your weirdest kink? Add yeah. if I can spit in the guest's mouth. Yeah, you have to get a like a waiver or something for that, probably. Nah, so he, human he, spits gross. Yeah, so no. he so he calls you a servant. So he calls you servant. Yeah, yeah, and uh, dumps the drink out, the rest of the drink out on the floor, and then continues <laughs> to drop the glass and like, let it shatter. I was. I would look at like he, he possessed by a, a Victorian ghost. Yeah, Jesus like, Christ! Like, and the same dude that earlier had gotten like mad at this girl because like he like kind of like threw up on her. You're a decent woman. Clean I found this out. Up. I found this out later. Of course, had I known he thrown out, he'd have been gone a long time. Or he, thrown well, up, he'd have been gone a so, long time ago. Earlier in the night, I found out later he had like 
like puked on a girl and then got mad at her because she wasn't into him. It's kind of astonishing <laughs> that this guy thought Weird. his way to win was pour his own drink. Out. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like I, that's kind of what I that, wanted that's anyway. That's kind of Nike. But then he like yeah, then he drops the actual like glass. And I'm sweeping and mopping out. this floor no matter yeah, what. But I way. needed you to not have when we had alcohol, a cleaning crew. I wasn't like, even probably doing it. <laughs> just you chug it. Yeah, and leave. But then so instantly the reaction though is like, and other people saw this, so I'm on him. Have him spun around and like kicking him his ass out the door. Mm-hmm. It's winter though. Uh, Give so, him a sexy other, Everyone else kind of runs up because he's trying to fight it. Instantly tries to turn around and fight me, even too, of course, because like I'm also like short, vertically challenged. So, like, bar industry wise, like all the drunk dudes, brosive type dudes, especially, have a punch me face. Mm-hmm. That's what I call it. They just really want to blast me in the face when they're angry and drunk. I'm the yeah. first one they go for. They didn't mean punch <laughs> you when they said blast you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like Peter North rope load yeah. all over you. <laughs> and because I sit there with a cheesy, cocky grin, no matter like how upset or some angry, some drunk guy gets like that, though, I don't like let that get to me anymore. Like I just sit there with like, mm, yeah, you're, and I yeah, say clever. Like I, have a big I got mouth. the police on. Yeah, I don't my make back. any help. <laughs> But uh, so we go to like throw him out. He's trying to fight it. Finally gets everyone off him. He goes, I'll walk myself out. Like, yep. And like, we were already worried about throwing this guy out because how drunk he was. It's going to be a pain in the ass. No, he decides to walk himself out, walks out the door, slips on the ice, cracks his dome, has to go to the hospital. This dude tried to say it was our fault, tried to say we threw him out, and that's why he cracked his dome. Tried to put it all on us. Bunch of interviews and a court case later. The camera showed it wasn't true, and they had to clearly walked himself out. He, he probably had, had a shit lawyer because a decent lawyer could figure out like overserving. And then we have cameras. The cameras still told it all. Overserving. So. There's something you could fight with that. The weird. Yeah. self I'm glad he didn't win because that guy sounds like a piece of shit. We got out of the overserving uh, side of it because he even like cheated that system. There was two parts of the bar sort of thing, and like yeah, they could have like found something probably. I'm sure I mean, I'm glad the guy fucking yeah. lost that deal. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm not stoked that he cracked his fucking skull on the ground because yeah. that that could have been death yeah. for like one shitty night but uh yeah i mean but yeah it it's always like it's he just drunk like people real and shitty like dummy. unstable people who always have that like cell phone mentality where they're like i'll take myself out the door i'm yeah, perfect I'll, I'll walk home i'm yeah. not even hungry like what are you you're I mean, only that was, hurting yourself please please stop <laughs> that dude was pretty shitty and drunk and stuff but like he was just being an asshole, though, too. He was still pretty coherent. Well, in my opinion. like, he's a dick. I found out later he was also a on a ton of blow. I know he was I don't coherent. give a fuck how drunk yeah, you are. No one outside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you treat service people nose beers, boys? like that, you're trash. You're we trash. got nose beers? Nose beers. <laughs> Liz brought mushrooms. <laughs> What'd you bring? Nose beers. <laughs> And we're back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing another episode now, right? Yeah, we got yeah, three yeah, more yeah. hours. In yeah, this. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got three more hours in this one. Dude, I got a business plan for you guys. <laughs> Let's make an app. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, just to let the listener know that we're not actually on blow. I'm actually yeah. really hungry. Yeah. yeah. I don't know yeah, if you guys got some food on some good, free time, yeah. but I could go get some food. Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely. Uh, oh, I should we go uh, check out the, the new... Uh, the one that Taco Chiu was opened? Taco Chiu? Oh, What's the new, uh, new, new place called? Oh, yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. I don't think they're... I also just want to give them a oh, shout Friday. out. Don't mention That's the new true. spot here. They'd be open. Perhaps. It's kind of we pricey. I didn't know you were also, money bags real, real quick. Bandit uh, Smoke Shop, Vape Shop... Is that just just opened up in Mesa. Yeah, oh. it's right up the road here oh, from your hold, house here. Hold up, hold up. That's, that's a local shout-out. I, I like, they're <laughs> a brand new business owner. This? We just did blow. We're not trying to wrap this up. <laughs> <here>. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But uh, yeah, they're a brand new business owners to the area, have a cool, nice little clean uh, vape smoke shop. Uh, really cool people in there, really nice people. Uh, if you guys want to post this and anyone goes in there, they'll get 10% off from this then too. Uh, from like your guys' social media, they can use this picture, go in there and get 10% off their first order through this. Cause I told them I'd throw them out, but they we got really our cool first people, ever so brand ambassador. Ooh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm always just trying to like show like small business owners. I'm always trying to help out. Like they just moved to Arizona, just moved to the Mesa market. Nice. Mesa's blowing up and they're like a cleaner, nicer version of mm-hmm. a smoke shop for this area. You know what I mean? Like, what so like, the, I like to see it. Where were they know? at? It's called Bandit and they were right on, um, what? Main, Brown and Mesa Drive? Main. I can pull it up again. No, they're not on Main. I'm on Main. You're not on Main. You're on... Never Mesa mind. Drive. We won't say that on here. <laughs> oh, Mesa... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Find my house, bitches. We're, we're actually recording at the Mormon Temple. <laughs> yes. As, yes. as most people Yeah, down in Queen Creek, yeah. <laughs> I, have, I, I guess I have said that, uh... uh Listen, everyone who listens to this podcast has been on it, so... uh, (laughs) It's the only way we gain listeners. Yeah. So it's just a 718 East Main Street, Mesa. All right. Look at that. It's just down the road. They were really cool. Yeah. No, I... uh, You're right. Mesa's blown up. Uh, That's awesome. It's always good to find good business. Listen, man. uh, You were were as on time as one could be for being invited three days ago and having the time shifted on you uh, twice. So, uh, appreciate it. I call him. I call him like, yo, do you want to do this podcast? He's like, yeah. I'm like, it's in like 45 minutes. He's like, I'll just leave from like very east, very west side, uh, 51st and I-10 to East Mesa now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I even we, managed to get here in reasonable time, and I stopped at home and did a dab. I will say that uh, uh, I was so before <laughs> Jeremy, Thad was like the shortest noticed uh, guest that we've had, and then Jeremy's beat him by like. If you need to le- well, get to as here our now. scheduler, I can tell you that uh, Stray was the shortest scheduling I've ever had. I was like, "Hey, what are you doing tomorrow?" No, we called that. We called yeah. we called that day of. Oh, did we? And then we called him forty five minutes of. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, Steve, as far as like days of notice, I was just like, I, I knew he was back in town. He wasn't doing anything here, right? Like he still had to go to Virginia and come back. So I was like, Are you actually doing anything tomorrow? And he's like, No. It's like, yeah. Well, I know what you're doing now. <laughs> See, Jeremy, isn't podcasting so easy? Yeah, it got a lot easier once so just getting the beer in your belly too. The beer in your belly. Beer in my belly always helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, I mean, you got to pick up the kid at three thirty, right? Uh, yeah. That's uh, I mean, yeah, we got a while for sure. Okay, and especially since we just did all this blow. Um. So um. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how we wrap up the show. Local shout-out. That's the time for it. So, Bobby, uh, you go ahead and shout-out the event we're going to tonight. As you know how I do. Uh, so, I'm going to do it. I actually thought about this because I was like, I actually have a local shout-out. Okay. Uh, but okay. I was like, but I have an event today, so <laughs> I have to do it. You need uh, to start doing it a week ahead. I, you, see, I wish I, like, I got my calendar up there. Uh I still got to update a bunch well, of shit. Next there. week, your event is team meeting, so we'll just. Uh, I, that's probably not even right. I just read the first. Next Friday. week, I'm going to be in Denver, so shout out to Denver, Colorado. Shout out, Denver. Um, no, Bottle Shop 48. Uh, we're doing a West Coast Challenge. So a, uh, it's it's six blind tastings of like breweries, flagship West Coast style IPA. Ten total names of beers on there. Six of them are the right ones, four of them are wrong. And then you try to pair the name of the beer with the brewery to that beer that you're drinking and then you rate it so like the highest rated the brewery with the highest rating gets 
permanent handle there. Well, a, a, a handle there for a month, um, and then whoever gets the closest on guesses, there's a first, second, third place prize. Um, and honestly, like it's kind of shitty how I thought of this event um, because I was just so tired of smug ass consumers being like. <clears throat> Ugh, it tastes like citra. There's definitely citra hops in this IPA, and I'm just saying, I'm like, you fucking idiot. Like, what? sure, yeah, yeah, it's in there. Like, I can always taste it, so I know this hop. Like, any beer that has mosaic in it, I know it. Like, yeah. no, you fucking don't. I've been in the industry for eight years, uh, and I couldn't do that shit. I bet my brewers couldn't do that shit. Like, you're probably a fucking idiot, and you're just, like, yeah. a smug consumer. So, this is, like, my really fun way to stick it to consumers and be like, see, you don't know. So yeah. just sit back, enjoy a dope beer, and For be okay sure. with that. Especially like, a lot of those like craft beer consumers that became still like the Bud Light drinker that had to have brand loyalty, that swear by their brand, they're always going to do, their IPA is always going to be better than everyone else's. You switch that around on them and show them somebody else's that's similar, and I bet they get it wrong. Dude, I've done side-by-side <laughs> comparisons so many times with so many people, and like they picked this brewery that I just heard them talk shit about, and I'm like, dude, see, like, can you just enjoy this great product and like if you don't enjoy a product that is okay but mm-hmm. like you don't need to pick apart everything it's 16 ounces of of liquid like pick something and just enjoy what that liquid is rather than trying to tear every item apart of like what makes it good and bad mm-hmm. like it's liquid to enjoy while you're con- like while you're with friends or family um just be okay with that yeah and seeing uh, somebody else's representation of it is why it's beautiful like yeah. it doesn't all have to be to a certain one standard role that's so I, why it's fun <laughs> yeah i guess uh and, and we brought in like the six brews that are gonna be part of it they're all gonna have representation there they're gonna have reps and it's 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 people that i love and that also make great beer that's also well known so we're gonna have a great time over there we're gonna blind taste test a bunch of beers and have consumers do the same um plenty of prizes to go out there but my real shout out is uh two-parter yeah so the i could not do the my event one for sure anybody who's listening to this is now a week late uh but if you go back in time <laughs> check out the event <laughs> um but no my shout out is i went out to tucson yesterday to go see tom segura oh at okay. the uh, tucson t- music hall yeah i bought the tickets eight months ago and they were damn near sold out when i bought it and it was the day after pre-sale so i almost totally forgot about it and i look at my calendar I'm like oh shit we gotta go so i go out and uh, I go with Isai, fucking homie, and we mm-hmm. hit 10.55. And we literally, 10.55 Brewing Company, I've never mm-hmm. never heard of them before. Oh, yeah, they're great. It's right next to Tempe Music Hall, and they had they had some really solid beers. We went to Moda Sonora, they had some solid beers, and we went to Cobra Arcade Bar. Um, we got to, so the show starts at 7, we got to 10.55 Brewing at 6.57. We're like... I, we grab our beers. They were delicious. So if you're in Tucson, check that out. But I asked the the uh, bartender, I go, how far away is the music hall? And they're like, oh, it's really not, really not far at all. I'm like, okay. And I look at my watch. I'm like, I have three minutes to get there. And she's the like, Orpheum, right? No. Was, uh, last time I saw him was the Orpheum. This time is at uh, oh, Tucson you, Music Hall. You said Tucson. Well, I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, she's like, well, I think it's three minutes if you drive and leave a minute ago, <laughs> I was like, perfect. We're walking, <laughs> <laughs> but shout out to 1055 brewing out of Tucson. Uh, obviously Moda, awesome. Shut up. Moda Sonora, uh, 1055. Their, their building is fucking gorgeous. Like that exposed brick, those cool little rafters. Like 
They've got an amazing design. It's literally what I would want out of Luke yep. Tasting myself. I think they got a five barrel brewery that's like exposed right at any mm. point of the place you could see it. Um, yep. Small little patio. It was it was really well done. So if you're in Tucson, hit up 1055. Yeah. And that Cobra Arcade in Tucson is actually inspired by Japanese style arcades. Like it, most Americans will have most familiarly seen a Japanese style arcade in the Ninja Turtles movies from the nineties. Um, but yeah, Cobra um, Cobra Kai Arcade out there in Tucson, uh, kind of modeled after that. Real beautiful place. So just wanted to kind of co-sign that. Uh, and I mean, I, I've been juggling the local shot out of my head for like 20 minutes. So. <laughs> I shot out a couple for you. Yeah. I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. Uh, I just, Wait, where'd you get, where was that keg going? Oh yeah. That, that, that is actually going to be my, uh, my local you, shout out because, uh, Where I am going to, for the first time, go to copper and log today. Oh, dope. Um, I'm not particularly familiar with that place, but it does hit home. The, um, Hipster tap room, pick two words, put them together vibe for me, which mm-hmm. I am a big fan of. Uh, you know, Divided Vine. Mm-hmm. Um, the Grand Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know what I'm talking about, where people are like, uh, barley and olive, and you're like, okay. Like, I, I am just a fan of that. Like, I, I, yeah. I truly am. It's, uh, it is... My live, laugh, love. So do with it what you will. Um, so, yeah, uh, shout out to those guys. Uh, I'm excited to go check it out. I've heard great things. Um, I'm currently running a hot shot over for an event they're doing for us tonight. So uh, always appreciate that support and a chance to hang out in Gilbert. So uh, You're running the hot shot? Yeah. That's impressive. Sir, I, you weren't you running a hot shot last week? I thought Liz was doing this for you. Oh, well, I, mean, <laughs> I still have to take it from her to there. So. Oh, okay, okay. I'm, I'm half okay. a hot shot. Yeah, yeah okay. Half, half I just assumed shot. that she did it, was was running it there, and I was like, well, that's why you're the boss. No, uh, I. Uh, she was already kind of on that side of town, and instead of taking two hours out of my yeah. day to go all the way out there, I could stay here, get some work done, wrap up here, go get some more work done, and then just grab that from her. Plus, uh, we both have events this weekend, uh, so shout out Wickenburg. I actually was going to do that is a is my local shout out, and I'm going to shout out a whole fucking town. Wickenburg, I fucking love you. Um, <laughs> I went out and was introduced. I, I've driven through Wickenburg a ton of times going to Vegas when I used to work that market. I've got some great accounts out there that I see on paper a lot, uh, and I follow up with in emails. Um, but we went out, well, I went out for the um, their Oktoberfest. Amazing time. All right. And Let me know next I've uh, actually October been, I've, been lo- I've, I've actually been looking forward to this trip. Um, well, I mean, I don't ever like to be away from home because I'm a hermit, but uh, and, I, and I like my family and my house. But as far as work travel goes, this has been something that I've kind of been looking forward to for a little while. So uh, pretty simple. They start at 4 p.m., goes to 9. Oh, it's so easy. I get to drive. It's two hours, so I get to drive up day of. It doesn't become complicated, right? So I'm going to have a great festival. Um, it'll go pretty late. I have an event afterwards, and depending, I might stay the night or drive home, depending upon how late and how tired I feel. And then, you know, back at it. Because I have actually a USB-G event on Sundays, so... Oh. 
All right, local shoutouts are done. Uh, Jeremy, thank you for your time. Wait, did you do a local shout-out? Uh, I did one for a smoke shout Oh, shit. So oh, for no, industry yeah, side, real quick, just yeah, let's do it. a fun one, because I'm sure it gets talked about here on a lot, though. I'm wearing the hat. Uh, Chupacabra Tap Room. Man, Where like is Down that? here in downtown Mesa. They're amazing people. Uh, that's uh, yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of really cool stuff. There's recently open and coming to downtown Mesa right now in general. So shout out to downtown Mesa, kind of in general. But like the uh, OG, as I call it, for like the taproom side and that vibe of like the move, the vibe. Uh, the people that own Chupacabra Taproom are two of the most hospitable dudes I've ever met in my life. Yep. Uh, I got to hang out with them before I really experienced their taproom even. Uh, cool dudes. On a trip that we made and like they they were like we were supposed to be spoiling them and they like spoiled us backwards and stuff yeah, like they, they were just such cool guys yeah they were like really 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 cool guys yeah when they uh, first opened that spot i not and i've been pretty public about this and uh and i wasn't very quiet about it either i was like what a dipshit place to open like, <laughs> this, <laughs> this tap room is small like these poor dudes just wasted their money and yeah. and then they threw like a six month uh celebration party and i was like oh we're not doing all right and I had met them, and they were great dudes. And, like, you know, you never know how someone's doing, right? And then they threw, like, their six-month anniversary party, and I was like... Their half-birthday. I was like, yeah. okay. Uh, you know, like, how bad is things hurting over there? And yeah, was... I could not be more stoked that they have made that this iconic part of downtown mm-hmm. Mesa. It, it took me a while, but... Did it, you go it, to that half-birthday party? Yeah. I've, I, uh, that first one? Yeah. It yeah, was, it was... Wild as shit insane well that was the thing too is like i knew that something different was happening over there when i was like i'll show up to this because like it's in my area and like i want these guys to buy beer for me and like they haven't quite yet so went over there and i was just like holy shit these guys are doing something different and then just the way things are set up over there right like it just it is the coolest house party yeah. you've ever been invited to like yeah. you can go hang out on the patio with the cool kids or you can and you cram actually are still invited. all the introverts yeah you're actually yeah. invited no matter what like yeah. you're invited like there's still. very clearly like <laughs> introvert extrovert like sections and different kind of like vibes and you know i do hang out there a lot it's just it really is one of the cooler places in mesa and uh it it always i, I guess i'm just trying to say this wrong and i'm jumbling in my mouth and making too big a deal of it it's always great to hear someone shout them out because mm-hmm. um, the things that you're doing as someone who's been in this industry a long time uh, are truly magical and uh, I wish those dudes nothing but luck and love so um, Same. great to hear it yeah. alright well cool. thanks for listening guys yeah thanks for Jeremy listening. thanks for coming yeah, yeah. glad to be All right. thanks Nasty we're out of here <laughs> cheers hey.